Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is Altai here with episode 74, and I'm joined this week by the full crew, including... Omer. Gumble. Matt. Shirelia. We got everyone. the whole group this time. Shit. And the whole world in our hands. We do have the whole world in our hands, and I feel like I feel like we should start with uh, a pretty big MO event rather than our weekly news. But Gumby, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the show. Should we start with the weekly raid, or should we start with? Uh... We gotta start with the weekly raid. Ah, we gotta start with the weekly there raid. Are, there are traditions that need to be honored. There... Okay. For the Ooh, record, you're trying to break see... the traditions. All right, fine, fine, fine. The Go old ahead, ways Gumby. are best. I am throwing the ball in your court. <laughs> All right, this week, the weekly raid, we're talking about bind on pickup gear, something I don't think gets enough attention. And I think, I don't think this is mine. I think this is a Remo weekly raid. I don't remember who decided this one. But basically, does anyone remember a time when you would go into a dungeon and you would farm loot and it didn't bind as soon as you picked it up? So you could go ahead and trade it to other people. You could sell it in a shop. It's tough. I can actually only really think of a couple. Ultima Online comes to mind. Uh, and there's an argument that. to be made that bind on pickup stifles an in-game economy because basically if you pick up gear that's bind on pickup and you don't need it, what are you going to do? You're going to sell it to a blacksmith. You're going to turn it right into gold. And if a game is riddled with uh, bound items, you really don't have, you don't have as much trading between players. At the same time, if you don't have bind on pickup items, it's easy for someone to boost another player. Say, I have a friend who's super powerful, he goes and farms the gear for me and then gives it to me. And now someone else could complain and say, oh, I didn't earn that gear because my friend just gave it to me. Uh, so really what I'm asking at is, does bind on pickup gear have a place in MMORPGs? I want to talk about bind on pickup. Is it necessary? Should we want it? Should we desire it? So go ahead and take the round table here. I'm not a fan of the wording because... As we all know, it does currently have a place in MRPGs. It's kind of like the default these days, right? Like it's becoming more and more prevalent. I guess the question is, should it have a place in MRPGs? Okay, Um, enough with the semantics. Just answer the question. And I do think there's a place for it, especially for quest items, lore items, things that like, if you're the ancient hero who's going to save the world and the king entrusts you with a letter, right? That letter should be bound on pickup. As soon as you get it, you can't trade it because... That wouldn't really make sense in, in, in sense of the story. <laughs> Specifically on gear. Remember, the uh, question is on gear. Even gear. Imagine like a, like a disguise or something for a quest. I, I don't mind that being bind on pickup. That's again for a quest, though. Okay. Like, okay. So out of the well, context of quests. Uh, okay. Outside the context of quests, no, I, I think it should be freely traded. Um, yeah, that's my that's just the way I... But the problem is that's how we kind of grew up playing games. Uh, so I don't know if we're biased or not, but I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. All right. I'll, I'll jump in a bit of both because I do think WoW, World of Warcraft, for example, had the right idea by having both options early on. I'm not sure which way is heavily tilted now. I, I know in the past it was very much most things were bind on, um, probably the same way. Most things were bind on pickup. However, there was some bind on equip epics and rares and other goodies. However, I do think for the most part, bind on equip is the way to go because it does create player interaction. And we have complained in the past that MRPGs just don't encourage interaction and there's no reason to interact with other players. And the in-game economy is very important. It keeps players hooked. It keeps players wanting to earn money, grind. Some of the best experiences I've had is with older games that had basically more bind on equip. But on the flip side, bind on pickup, I think is very important for certain like end-game dungeons where like a dragon slayer sword. You can only get that sword if you slay the dragon at the end of this raid, a very difficult raid. So I think some gear should be bind on um, pickup to prevent like the most powerful gear 
falling to the hands of whoever just buys the most gold on third-party websites. So there are some pay-to-win elements involved where you, you can't allow players to just get the best gear if they had the right money for it. <laughs> and you, you can still have a bit of both, again. You know, you know even then, like, um, Omer, like, say, say like, Ultimate Dragon Slayer Sword, right? Say it has, like, a 100 attack power, right? Yeah. And then, and then there is a bind-on equip version that you can find in the store that is also 100 attack power, right? Like, if you had a glamour system, then the other sword would still be more valuable. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so it, it's it's all about like how you want to do it. I mean, it, it's like you said. It it creates not. It has a lot of of, of a rip, excuse me has a big ripple effect throughout the game by having bind on equip things. So not only did you say you, you're creating those experiences of being able to talk to people, but you're also um you know if you have a system where you have um lower level mobs that drop um, rare stuff, you know, at a low drop rate, then mm. it's like it, it populates those areas with other players rather than being like only players of that level. And, and for me, that created a lot, of, um, a lot of experiences for me in the game where I'd see like that guy roll by in my area and just like one shot a pig that I'm fighting. I'd mm. be like, holy shit, like I, I want to be that dude. You know, like, it, you know, it, it Makes the world feel feel more alive, pretty and much. Make, uh, and some context on what Shu just said, uh, and the world being more meaningful. In a game like Final Fantasy XIV, for example, uh, the low level dungeons, there is actually some some monsters in the low level dungeons, some treasure loot. There's low level low chance of dropping some some gear, and the gear it really sucks for high level players. However, with the game's glamour system, you may act, a high level player may actually want that low level gear because he can use that appearance on his current item his current chest piece, and it matches his outfit. So it always creates a steady demand in the game's marketplace for even low-level gear <laughs> because of the game's bind-on. You know, it's not bind-on uh, pickup, so they can actually sell it in the auction house just for the cosmetic purposes. And it does populate the world. So the real-world example of what she was talking about would be what FF14 is kind of doing. That's also very exciting for low-level players because in a lot of games that don't have a similar system, it's like as a low-level level player like any item that you gain any gold that you gain you feel like it's worthless because when you get to a higher level it doesn't matter because it's going to be you know you're going to be farming way higher than that right but in mm -hmm. final fantasy you could do like a level 20 dungeon and get something that's worth like you know a, 20k you know, 30k 20k easily. 30k yeah easily and that's still at higher level that's still a decent amount of money it's not like amazing but it's not bad you still feel like you're building towards that like like a house is what 300 300k 300k for an apartment, from like yeah. a room in a house. Yeah. yeah, and you can find a 20 to 30k item in a lower level dungeon. So if you were saving up your money, you were getting like, you know, farming up, getting good loots. By the time you reach max level, you can buy a house with that. You know, it's, it's still a significant amount. I, I, that's why I like both systems. And what you just explained is a perfect reason why to emphasize, you know, buying that equip as well. A lot of games kind of give up on buying that equip. Almost everything is buying that. Like almost in most games, I feel like buying that pick up automatically won. But let's hear what okay, so, and, uh, um, let's hear what Matt and Alta have and Matt and Gummy have to say. So for the most part, I really don't like buying on equip. Like we just had an issue the other day. Cat and I were playing, um, not buying on equip, buying on pickup. Sorry. Okay. But um, I don't like buying on pickup because like we were playing Bless the other day, right? And mm -hmm. we just kind of clicked through when we were doing our quest rewards, thinking, okay, we've done this a million times. We're gonna click the right one out of the four options of the armor to get, and we're gonna get the right one, and it's gonna be fine. And then. One of us, I can't remember who, got the wrong one, and the other one was like, okay, well, I'll just get the other one and trade it to you. So I got the, or whoever it was, I think it was, I don't remember, whatever. Whoever it was got the other one, um, and we, we went to trade, and we couldn't, and I'm sitting there like, okay, why is this bind on pickup? This is low-level fucking gear from a quest, you know? 
it's like it, it's just annoying as hell that you can't like just trade like it and it's exacerbated in some games where like drops aren't for your class so you'll have all these drops for this other class and you mm -hmm. can't just like trade them with your party you can't put them in like a um a bank in a lot of cases for your other characters all you can do is sell them like you you literally just turn them into money and i, I don't like that but um i mean the only viable excuse i can see lore wise for putting a bind on pickup item in there is like when you see in like fantasy animes when you pick up like a stone and it absorbs into your hand you know what i mean like you, you just get some new thing that like absorbs yeah, yeah. into you and it's like nothing has ever done that that i've ever seen other than like a show so it's like there's nothing that i could think of that would ever make sense being bind on pickup but like bind on equip you could say like when you equip it it like magically attunes to your soul something i don't know but so i mean everybody's been in agreement so far i mean we all seem to prefer bind on uh bind on pickup maybe gummy will will side with bind on you know but bind on pickup rather bind on equip uh, unfortunately, if I'm going to be honest, no, I'm not going to. I'm, I would just echo what everyone else has already said. So rather than do that, uh, I actually want to pose another question, which is, um, what was the original thinking for Bind on Pickup? Why Why does every... Because can, I can't even think of a modern game that doesn't have Bind on Pickup gear. Every game does it. Every so, game, so game what, does it. So what motivated that? Is it just the... like? Why has player trading, or at least item trading, become so minimal? Probably gold, gold selling, probably. Uh, I take a couple of reasons. One, twinks. So in EverQuest, for example, if you wanted to advance, let's say you're like level 10, it was actually optimal play rather than do your little grinding to just go find a high level player. And I don't mean like max level. I mean like level 30, right? You're level 10. And just beg him, please, just give me like the trashiest <laughs> gear you have. Because the sword he gives you, you know, like level 30 sword at level right. 10 is enough to just clear the dungeon. That was a bad example because you can still have, you know, EverQuest was a very oddball example where there were no level restrictions on gear. So you can get a really high level sword and still oh, use so it. Oh, so you want level restrictions. No, no, no. Level restrictions is a whole different discussion. Okay. We were just talking about specifically bind down equip versus bind down pickup. But yeah, you do. EverQuest is a very oddball experience where a high level player, you give a, lo a level one player like, any of his trash loot and he go one shot everything. You know, that's a very weird example, but that did exist back in the day. Yeah. But isn't um, level, re level restrictions are important in this question though, right? Because... Level, yeah, uh, level restrictions are their own form of bind and pickup. I mean, I could give a level one player high-end gear, but he still has to be max level to use it. Yeah. So he does still earn it in a sense because he had to level to that point. So I, I still don't, it doesn't, it's not clear to me as to what the motivation was. I, I think that's worth it too because it creates like a relationship, right? It's like, you'll remember that guy, you know? Yeah, it's true. It fosters a community. I, I do want to say some context. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think World of Warcraft is the first game to really utilize bind on pickup. Because I remember before World of Warcraft, I played heavily Dayok, EverQuest, like games that led up to World of Warcraft. Star Wars Galaxy. Was, I, I, Star Wars Gal I was very heavy in the MMORPG scene, playing literally everything at this moment, like hardcore. And World of Warcraft, I believe, was the game that really popularized bind on pickup. Guys, there was I a... Hmm. Well, I was going to say, like an interesting thing was there was a game I played that had... Um, it had a, a binding system, but it was for um, cash shop items. But you could still give your item to somebody. It just respawns back into your hand after like 30 minutes. So if you had like a really OP sword, you could be like, hey, newbie, like, here, play with my OP sword for a bit. You walk away. <laughs> and then like 30 minutes later, you, he loses it and you get it back. <laughs> That's such a cool system. Because I'm going uh, to be a contrarian here. Ready? All right. So a lot of people saying crafting gear should be tradable, right? 
even if dungeon mm-hmm. stuff isn't. I'd argue the opposite. If 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 a blacksmith crafts me a set of gear, it's to my measurements, right? So it should be bind on. Oh, okay. Well, lore uh, specific. Yeah, bind on pick up, equip to me, right? Because it's made for me that armor. Whereas if I if I kill a dragon and find a suit of armor, that armor wasn't necessarily made for me. It was made for Aaron. Shouldn't you be able to trade it to someone with the same proportions as you? Uh, but they got to be exact. Otherwise, he gets uh, exact. Yeah. Get, oh, otherwise, happens. he gets a cramp, and you know he dies while trying to swing the oh, sword. Uh, what is this freaking uh, supreme fitting? thousand dollar fitting here. I know. Let's just let's just make race. Right. And before that becomes a promised no. feature for Chronicles of Valyria. Here, <laughs> here's the reason it happened. Here's the reason it happened. I think here's the reason why a lot of games ran with it. It's easy to design a game around buying down pickup. You don't have to worry about you know like. Where, yeah. where players should just get the gear easily, you know. This is so okay. If you get this gear, this tier one gear, you had to have ran this dungeon, and it makes progression just easier, like to design around. Otherwise, players who buy gold, they can, there's a, it introduces some like it can make the game too easy in one way, or it can make the game broken one way. If you can easily get gear some other way, and in order to prevent that, they have to design additional systems to kind of like to work around it, which is why I think a lot of games kind of ran with uh, bind on pickup. I, I, but I think there's so many positives. I don't know why more games. I'm gonna, do- I'm gonna attribute it to high level player bitching. Yeah, why? Just, just bitching, just like, like oh, like, I don't want, money. I don't yeah. want these people, you know, having money and being able to buy the, you know, what I buy, like, you know, that kind of a thing. I also think it's. Or a lot I, harder. I played it the hard way, you know, mm-hmm. that kind it's, of shit, you know. It's also a lot harder to police, uh, if if you know if you're a small studio or you know money's tight. As soon as you don't have buy down equip and pickup and stuff. Again, the account becomes more valuable to hack or scam. No, you, you can still be bind on equip. Keep on bind on equip means when you put it on, nobody else can take it. You know. Right, but imagine, imagine yeah, but you're a trader, right? Okay. Now your account, your character's gear has more value than it would in a bind on pickup game. So now you're a target for scams. You're a target for hacks. And if you're a small studio, you know you got to police this. So it, it, I think it's a lot easier. And that's the thing. Diablo, I'll go back to Diablo for this. Diablo launched with trading. It launched with a real market, real money, trend, you know, auction house. It got rid of both. It didn't just get rid of the real market, uh, real money trading. It got rid of the fact that, like, when you drop, when you get gear in Diablo three, right? You kill a monster, you can't trade it. It's it's bound to you now. Mm-hmm. All not you know all gear basically. Uh, if you're in a group of people, you can trade with the people that were in that game with you for like a couple hours. That's it. That's it. And I think it was because it made it policing much easier. So it's that. Yeah. Too. Well, Blasters also raises a great point here in the comments, saying that the original reason was depreciation, because if everyone was farming, you know, the same area, and everyone got, say, like an endgame sword, um, then it, then the endgame item would become worthless. But I think that that could be solved. I think the roundabout way to solve it is to make sure that, that doesn't happen. Like, like a really strong item shouldn't be farmable. Like, you should be able to farm hundreds and hundreds of it. It should be rare. Also, yeah, there's there's very easy ways to attack that problem. It just it's the easy way out to just make everything buy not pick up. An example to solve that problem would be like at the end of an at the end of a raid, a raid boss drops a very small chance to drop a bind on equip item. And that raid can only be done once a week. So at that point, it's literally not farmable anymore. You can only do it once a week and there's a small chance of it dropping. So that would fix the problem of, you know, certain items becoming, you know, worthless or not worthless. It would make world drops on regular enemies less valuable because they could be potentially farmed. But again, just because they're farmed doesn't mean they'll be completely worthless. So, so we seem value. to all be on the. We all seem to be agreeing that it's it's better to have not buy and pick up or equip. But now here's the question: I want I want to at least make some controversy. Is it worth it for a developer? And do we all agree that bind on, uh, no, without any bind on equip or pickup, it's harder for the dev studio to program it's around it, it to you know, yes. design design around it. Design around it is very design difficult. around it, and and I I argued cost whether you guys agree or not. But so it, now the question: Is that worth it for the developer? 
is, you know, is this the actually trade-off segues in, This actually segues into something I kind of wanted to discuss. Um, well, with fun, I, I feel like it is worth it. And the reason why is because it creates a lot of, like, social things that are really missing in MMOs mm-hmm. nowadays. Like, I've ta- I talked to Omer about this actually just yesterday, about how Final Fantasy does so much right by giving you so much to do in your downtime. And, like, it gives you, like, so much of a social aspect. So I feel like anything that MMOs can do now to, like, kind of build community, uh, give you things to do in-game other than the content. So, like, like that would give you things to do in the game other than content because you could be like, hey, guys, you guys want to, like, try to farm some whatever mm-hmm. items and we could sell them, right? I mean, you have you have people that are high-level doing shit low-level dungeons that they would never do, right? And they're doing it because of things like that. And I feel like games need to put much more effort uh, less into the... The core content, yeah. The yeah. core content and more into, you know, things that you do to hang out. Like, yesterday when me and Omer played, right? Uh, the server was gonna go down. We're like, hey, let's go, let's go fuck around, right? And so we just, we just went to the beach, hung out. Then we went to the the gold saucer. We had like four a, people with us. It was fun. Yeah, and it was fun. We just, we just did stupid shit, and and that element is missing now in games. I feel. And and to also, I don't know, support what Shu just said too. A lot of games we, we've seen a lot of new game launches, right? And games like almost launch with one gimmick to try and make themselves a little bit different, right? Especially in free-to-play games, like they'll be like, we have this system, like this is, makes us unique. I think more games that just focus on just if, if instead of going with like a new unique combat mechanic, a new unique like soul system, like Echo of Soul with their nonsense system, why not just focus on go back to basics and play with the the bind that equip versus bind that pickup mechanics and do something fun with that? I mean, we don't need to see new mechanics. Just work on the old mechanics and make them fun and different. But it seems like it's almost we've almost reached a point where this is the default option. And I don't like it, but I agree. It's the, the problem is developers' cost and the design is a much. It's much harder on developers to design around this, and that seems to be the. And, and the think of a counter right to out. the Final Fantasy example. I know Final Fantasy is an MMORPG, and we're mostly talking yeah. about MMORPGs here. But you know, I think that no one can deny that Diablo Three ended up doing better after they got rid of the real money thing and the trading. Like whether we like it or not, right? Uh, it did do better. It's it's a bigger game. But, it's more popular. More mind. sales. Diablo didn't have bind down equip. It just said you could you could wear a gear and give it give it to somebody else, right? Yeah. Okay, that's different. Bind down equip is literally when you equip it, you can't trade anymore. So, so you're saying you want bind down equip? No, I'm saying right now we're comparing bind down equip versus bind down pickup. I I actually do like the fact that some items, I think some items could be you know interchangeable. It'd be kind of cool. But I, I think actually the, the the design for bind down equip is makes sense. Okay, so you're okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense for and I think. You can actually justify it with the lore. Like once you fit yeah. it to you, it's unique to your character. Yeah. You know? But yeah, we, we seem to be all I... pretty in agreement, though. <laughs> it's just funny a little lore argument. All right. All right. I think we beat that one to the ground. Yeah, uh, it's want, good. Good stuff. Uh, let me let, let me take this because we did talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, and we did have a pretty big uh, pretty big event recently, which is Final Fantasy fourteen Fan Fest. Well, Final yeah. Fantasy Fan Fest, Ooh. which was uh, an event in Las Vegas for Final Fantasy fans. Mainly surrounding FF14, though. I'm pretty sure it's basically exclusively FF14. But I was there, and uh, Shu was there as well. We met up there, and I got this adorable Moogle for myself. 10 out of 10 cuteness. And actually, I got an in-game Moogle as well that came with this. looks ridiculously cute. But uh, the big I love news when, that, I love when they do that, when, when they have like a physical item, and you get it in-game. That's awesome. You know honestly, I mean? most people will buy it just for the in-game one, but I do love the real-life plushie, too, because it's super, super cute. 
But let's uh the biggest the big news was the new FF14 expansion, Stormblood. We're going to find a link for that. Alpha yeah. uh, Gummy just linked it. All right. Did did you know about the speculation by the way, guys? Wait. Shoot, you have to walk us through the speculation because you've played FF14 right, a lot right. more than you I know, have. So apparently uh Yoshi, uh he wore so before when they had the the FanFest thing 2 years ago or whatever mm -hmm. and Heaven's one was coming out. He wore like a Batman T-shirt, right? And mm -hmm. you know, normally you wouldn't be—you'd be like, whatever, right? But the people pieced it together that like, oh, wait, the Dark Knight is coming out. Mm. Then Batman T-shirt, right? And then he wore like some gun T-shirt, and then the Gunner came out, right? And he wore a different T-shirt to each fan fest, right? Mm -hmm. So this time he wore a Scarlet Witch T-shirt. So people are saying, Red Mage, you coming out? Is that what this is? That's what it makes actually sense. sounds like. It makes sense. You really can't argue with that logic. <laughs> yeah. And it's a really fun way to like kind of tease players because Yoshi is the, the key, the head designer of Final Fantasy XIV. He is, he is the, the big shot, the, the big cheese behind FF14. So it's a fun way to tease players. They actually didn't confirm for sure if Red Mage was going to come out. I do believe they said I think they're, they're going to be mo there's going to be multiple new classes, mm -hmm. but the things we do know for sure are that the, the level cap will be increased to seventy for all classes, and the thing about a game like F14 where you can switch between every class, raising the level cap adds so much content because the hardcore players are like level sixty on like multiple classes at once. So raising the level cap is like a like a ridiculous because you can on every single class and it's all one character so it's gonna be a lot of stuff for players to do it's a huge update there was a reddit post that basically described everything if you want to go take a look at that there's a, a it's, it's a lot of hype behind Stormblood. it'll be coming out in the summer of 2017 I, I know a lot of people were saying that oh you know the announcements at FanFest were pretty weak right mm -hmm. i mean that was a general i mean look at the this trailer it doesn't say anything the trailer is <laughs> really? yeah nothing it's, it's, the trailer was nothing so so a little bit of context on that is um they like to announce so there's three fan fests. There's the Las Vegas one, which was the first fan fest, right? Mm -hmm. Then they have a Tokyo one uh, in December, and then I think two months later they have one in Germany. Mm -hmm. And they like to keep a little bit for each fan fest, so that's probably why Vegas kind of got the shaft and didn't really get any big announcements because they need to save stuff for the Tokyo fan fest and the Frankfurt fan fest. No, that's fair. That makes sense for their for yeah. their pacing announcements. So, so I mean, expect in the next two months um, to get another big announcement, and then another one two months later. So, but uh, more importantly, I I, I had a fun at FanFest. Uh, I, I, again, I met up with Shu there, and actually, uh, we we played some board games at the convention, and we played I played Magic actually with some random person. And if you go to any of these conventions, it's usually, you know, you're mostly there to hang out with people. You know, there's some stuff to do. You could have done PvP. You could have done some of the new content. Like some of the, there was some computer set up for the, for I think, I believe it was one of the new roulettes or something, one of the new dungeons. But I mean, you could test out PvP there as well. There's a PvP tournament there. You can, you know, there was, there was some talks from the producers about like what, how they think about things, what's going on. But these conventions are mainly to hang out and just meet people from the game. So we, we were sitting at one of the tables, and some guy sits down next to us. He's, he sees what board game we're playing. We were playing a game called Tragedy Looper. And he's like, hey, I, uh, I want to play a game. It's awesome. I never get a chance to play. And they're like, hey, come sit down and play with us. So we got to socialize and meet some random people and play with them. I got a chance to play uh, Magic the Gathering with because I brought a few decks with a level three Magic Judge, which is a fun experience. So it, I, I had a lot of fun there. Beyond just the FF news and stuff, I got the Moogle as well. But uh, these conventions are a lot of fun. If you play these games, I do recommend you go to them. As long, I feel like if you go with at least one friend, you're good. Because then you can kind of just do stuff together and people will kind of c 
come towards you or see what you're doing, and it's easy to hang out when you you know if you're with one other person. So if you've never been to one of these conventions, whether it's for FF14, BlizzCon, they're a lot of fun. If you're in the area, definitely check them out. If you've never been to one, I feel like you're missing out. It was it was a chill con. Um, I know like a lot of cons like Anime Expo, for example, they're super busy. There's so much to do. You're always running back and forth. But mm-hmm. this one didn't really have too much to do. Like the events wise for the last day that we were there, there were only I think four four events, four or five. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that much. Um, a lot of it is is it's really relaxed, hang out, chill, chill with people that you know, and just you know, kind of fan out about about the game, which was which was great. And Omer got to uh, Omer got his uh, concert virginity taken. Yes, I, I, I saw the first concert in my life at a uh, wow. you know, at Fan Fest. My first and my second. The first day was a piano concert, and the second day was the Primals playing their the, the rock music for F fourteen. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, never been to a concert before, literally never. So that was a, a unique experience for me. You never said press either, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I got... The press got the perks, man. You, you I know. The thing is, use the actually, system. I, I really wish I could. They actually had these uh, FF14 Moogle slippers at the at the at the store. Unfortunately, they were sold out by the time I got in line for the store. Should have so, pulled. Should have pulled that press and been like, pulled, hey, if I, I pulled the press card. I want to review them, you know, on our website. 100%. Look at the <laughs> look at the podcast picture I linked and you can show on the stream. Look how adorable those slippers are. I really wanted them, but rest in pepperoni, couldn't get them. Perhaps always, one day. You can always buy them for a million dollars on eBay now. Yeah, there's the scalpers, of course. What's crazy is there was a $150 Odin statue, and it's just a figurine. It cost 150 bucks, but it comes with an in-game emote. So because of that, it's probably super ridiculously valuable. So if you're able to get that, I went to go buy it. I put it on my card to buy it, but it was sold out. How much were so the I slippers originally? I think 20, probably 20 or 30. They're $250 now. Holy shit. There you go. Did, did, you, said, you said that the, the tickets were selling for like $500. Of course, the thing with these, every convention is when they sell exclusive items, the scalpers come out in full force. You know, They buy everything they can. Luckily, it is limit one per person. Hmm. But by the time we got our ticket to go online, it was the next day and we had to come at the, like, the last hour. So most of the good shit was gone. Yeah. yeah Yoshi but, P does not look enthusiastic holding those slippers, but I think it's just a bad shot. Yeah, yeah, okay. He, he looks like, really bored. <laughs> What's remarkable is Yoshi, um, in like, I don't know how enthusiastic WoW fans are for like the, the current WoW producer. I think the last guy, the lead designer for WoW recently stepped down, but I mean. I don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know <laughs> no, who he, he is. He was big. Chilton? Is his last, what's his last name? I don't anyway, know. The Yoshi is, a, is like a rock star in the FF14 like, world. People, people love this guy. Sokin too, man. The, 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 yeah. the composer guy. Yeah. yeah. Dude, every time he goes on his, on the stage, people like shouting his name and cheering. It's crazy. All right, but, all right one last thing on FanFest before we, wow. we jump to something else. Only Shu and I were there. The fu- I thought the, one of the funniest things were after the Primals concert, they asked the they asked the audience like, "Okay, we finished. What song do you want to hear again? You know, like for an encore. What do you guys want?" And everyone everyone starts. <laughs> everyone starts screaming Shiva. Right, the whole audience is saying Shiva, 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 and like, and the guys like, "We didn't play Shiva. We can't do an encore for something we didn't play." And people like wait for a second, and they yell Shiva, Shiva. The whole stage is yelling Shiva, and the guy's like face palming. And he takes off. He he brings this huge schedule, like he's holding his hand, right, with a with a with like a, a ruler. He's like, look, these were the six songs that we played. Shiva is not on here. Pick, <laughs> pick one of these songs, and everyone's and like, people Shiva, were like, learn Shiva. it, learn it, because he was like, we 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 can't we can't play it right now. They're like, learn it, learn it. We'll wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think at that point they just picked a random one that they wanted to play because no, the audience refused to cooperate. Was, I, I was hoping for Titan or for uh, Leviathan, but. Uh... But it, it was hilarious. I actually thought that was really funny because no, they were like cringy. Like, no way. They, they couldn't play one of the songs they wanted on the list and everyone just not being cooperative. Oh, but, okay, here's another funny thing that happened. So while they were playing in the concert, like in between uh, one of the songs, one of them said, wow, it's like really, really hot in Vegas. And then like Omer shouts, take it off. Take, take it your off. shirt off. Is what I just screamed <laughs> from the back. And people were laughing like in their ear. <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't take their shirt off. And that was, that was fan fest. It was a lot of fun. Strongly recommend if you've never been to one of these events, definitely check it out. It's a fun experience. There are a lot of video game conventions, events, mm -hmm. uh, and stuff these Not days. Not here. I can't even keep track of them all. Like, all right. Nope. One day, the entire MOS.com crew will travel to one of these big events on the MOS.com. We're going to go to South Korea or Germany. Where none of us speak the language. Let's start that with one awesome. that's in Vegas, guys, because that... It's no. already here. Well, let's start with one in Colorado so I can just not move. Well, Colorado is <laughs> so close. So I don't give you no complaint. It's too far. Yeah, yeah exactly. Drive. Come on over. No, no, nobody no, has conventions in Colorado. Does I know. Come, I come know. on, guys. Guys, if we had gone to G-Star, if we had gone to G-Star, we could have played Lost Ark first. I think I win with my suggestion. This is true. This is true. G-Star would be a fun one to go to. Oh, okay. Uh, that'd be a that'd be a great one to go to. So we can aim for G-Star. I feel like that's going to be. Speaking of conventions, isn't there like one literally in like two weeks? A big one? BlizzCon? BlizzCon, yes. BlizzCon is a huge one, so you can bring that up. Uh, yeah, BlizzCon, I think it's like a two and a half weeks or so. Um, why, don't you, why don't you guys go get, get some press? I press think it's head. too late. I think it's all sold out. It's, it's, uh, I, yeah. I can get you in if you want. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'll, actually, I'll be in Turkey, so I won't be able to make it, but maybe Omar can go. I, I think we should go to um, Star Citizen Con, guys. <laughs> That's my suggestion. Hell no. <laughs> Oh god. Okay. The third convention for a game that's not out yet. I'll pass. Look, I didn't pay for the game. I am not paying to go to their convention. If I can't even pay for the game, no way in hell. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, Omar... maybe if you want to pull a press thing, I could see if I could get you. I talked to Omar because I won't be here. But uh, Omar and I did go to BlizzCon many years ago. Uh, can you believe, Omar, this is going to be the 10th anniversary of BlizzCon? That's insane. That's Honestly, I didn't think it's been that long. But yeah. you look back at WoW. WoW has been out since 2004, late 2004. So, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it makes sense. But it seems crazy that this is the 10th BlizzCon. That's insane. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but there's the big, some pretty big speculation. Yeah, the, yeah, big, the big news for me this BlizzCon was basically people are speculating on, on the interwebs that Diablo 4 will be announced at BlizzCon. And I feel like at this point it's more than speculation. I feel like there's a good really? like five percent chance. What was that tweet at the top? At the top of this page. Okay, the, David Brevik is not working on the next. Yeah, Brevik. yeah. I just I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah, David Brevik. I'm trying to find the. Yes, I think he's the guy who made the original Diablo, right? Yeah, he was one of the co-founders of Blizzard North, and he worked. On, he he helped create the original Diablo. And he is not working on Diablo 4. That was not just him being facetious. He is working on Path of Exile's Chinese launch. He's an advisor for both Tencent and Grinding Gear games. So that's, that's, the, good. that's, that's pretty much confirmed. So, so yeah, he's definitely working for Path of Exile right now. So before so we nothing... get too far ahead, I want to know. I want okay. I want to explain the crux of this argument. First of all, Blizzard is really slow with games, right? The Diablo 3 took mm. so long after 2. So why why are people talking about 4 right now? The main mm. the main proof is that in your goodie bag that comes with, I guess, your BlizzCon pass, um, there's a D4, which, which is a dice with four sides, with Diablo. <gasps> oh then, my god, no! So that's what everyone's that's... basing this on. 
But you I get do you get other dice as well? Do you get other dice? If you get other dice, it kind of throws the theory you off. You do get other dice. You can see them in the picture. Yeah, you got a full. Kind of, you got a full D and D oh, dice pack. So D twenty, D ten, D eight. Oh, you know, D six. Okay. Here's D20. why. Here's why it's happening. Here's why it's happening. Recently, the the lead designer for World of Warcraft stepped down, and he's still at Blizzard. He said he's working on another project. What other project would the lead designer of World of Warcraft possibly be working on? And this news comes right before BlizzCon. Come on. And we got the D4. And we got the D4. But here's the thing. Why can't it just be an expansion? Like, why does it have to be Diablo 4? I mean, StarCraft 2 got two expansions, right? This is like conspiracy level shit. It's like saying, okay, we got Ariel and Heroes of the Storm. They clearly care so much about Diablo 3 that we're getting another expansion just because they put Ariel and Heroes of the Storm, right? Yeah, clearly. That, that actually has more. Is, is good though. That's that's. That has, <laughs> has more credence than this though. Yeah, I mean, I mean on, that's a... <laughs> I don't get it. Like, okay, I get it. They're gonna make a Diablo announcement, right? But there's mm-hmm. so many other possibilities. Like, it could be another expansion. Like I said, like wh- honestly, it's probably another expansion. Why does it, it have to be really... a new Diablo game? I don't think it'll be a new Diablo game just yet, unless they really wanted to change direction a lot. You know, with Diablo Four, because mm-hmm. I think it's still too early in the Diablo life cycle to just ditch it. Mm-hmm. What they've had? What one expansion? Yep, one. Mm-hmm. So one expansion. Th- that's it. They've got they've got a lot more room to go. It is. It also is a twentieth. Twenty sixteen is Diablo's twenty year anniversary. So people are expecting a bigger announcement. And the fact that there was a D four, there's a four sided dice. The four side. Why would they even give you dice in their goodie bag, huh? So Omer, can, are you trying to give? So you can play D and D while waiting in line for two hours to play for ten minutes. Yeah. Like, I can't still there, think. Can't there be an expansion? Can't they just? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's also speculation that they're gonna remake Diablo One or Two. Because I remember there was a rumor that turned out to not be true. Because there was like, remember there was a fake website about Diablo Two HD. Yep. Yeah, and then Blizzard said this well, is not there, there was also a StarCraft HD is a rumor to be announced at um, BlizzCon. But StarCraft HD, it's rumored to be more like um, Age of Empires Two HD, where all they do is give you a higher resolution and better UI, and that's it. That would suck. I, honestly, if there was a real uh, StarCraft One HD remake. Oh, I lied. I lied. I also, play. they're gonna. They would probably redo the networking. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. All right. Here's the fun thing about that. Actually, I actually think a Diablo, uh, a, a StarCraft One remake is very possible because if you look at the most popular games in Korea, like overall the most popular games, an HD version, not a remake. If you look at the most popular games in, in South Korea, StarCraft One is still. Like huge in Korea, for example, like it's ahead of like most. Like it's way ahead of StarCraft Two. StarCraft Two is the 16th most played game according to Game Notes, and StarCraft One is the fourth most played game, which is insane for a game that's as old as StarCraft One. So an HD remake, I feel like it could be announced. I don't think that'd be the big news though. That's a kind of like a side announcement because it's not very big in America anymore. I still think that uh, I'm right, and that Overwatch was such a big hit that they're bringing back Titan. <laughs> <laughs> Titan's not coming back. Titan's done so. Dead and buried. Yeah, I know. It, it Do you guys know uh, that the Diablo dice it's is broken, right? One side doesn't have a number on it, and the other has two ones and a four, which is eleven yeah. four, yeah, which is just the date of BlizzCon. Yeah. So it's not Gumby. It's, it's not really specific to Diablo four. It's just specific to the BlizzCon. It's just the Diablo themed die, right. and Blizzard didn't get through. I bet. I bet. Here's what Blizzard's gonna announce. I'll tell you right now. You can okay. cite me on this. The Lost Vikings two. It's coming uh, back. No, there's no, no way. <laughs> it's coming back yeah, in HD, boys. HD. Okay. okay whoa, 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 whoa. We would. We all know that the Lost Vikings two would be a 3D like platformer type thing, and you know how well those are doing right now. 
Omer, Omer, this is important. Do you, do you have a BlizzCon virtual ticket? I do not this year. Okay, I so I, ha I have one. And mm -hmm. by, by getting one, you have access to the BlizzCon um, exclusive store mm -hmm. uh, for BlizzCon. And, and look what they just posted. Oh, that's like really important. Share really fucking important. I'm, I'm posting it right now. Look at that. Holy oh shit. Oh my god. Holy shit. Holy what shit. Everyone's got to sign up. What? It's from Overwatch. This is adorable. All those little things you knock down like in the beginning in, rooms? Yeah, it's in the UFO I'm rooms. Logging, I'm logging in right now. I'm buying it right now. Literally got to buy it now. That, that is oh little, that is god. super adorable, though. Do you want one, Omer? I, I don't know if I can get two. I'll, I'll see. See if you can get two. If you want, get me one. One of you two. Add the Does card. it come with anything in the game? Probably not. Oh my cute. lord. Okay, I'm, I got two. Nice. All right. All right. I'll pick it up for you next time I see you. All right. <laughs> But yeah, that's super adorable. But all right, what are the odds for Diablo Four? Let's get let, let's get a roundtable, uh, quick, uh, you know, re, you know, opinion on this. I say twenty percent chance. I say. I say my heart. That's my heart. I say zero out of ten because we all know how Sean likes the ten scale. I hate scales of ten. <laughs> At least put it four percent out of ten. Come on. I'll give it a good. <laughs> give it a good. You, you, you think of Diablo 4 as a possibility? No, no I'm just kidding. I, 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 I'll give it like 5%. I think more likely okay. we're going to get expansion for Diablo 3. That's my, that's my bet. Oh, God. No. This loot is so, all this loot is so good. The blue, blue is kind of Shoot, so what's good. the percentage chance of, of Diablo 4? Um, one. <laughs> one percent <laughs> chance. Wow, it's not good. All right. I want to take you to a, a pretty funny uh, article on Trump. I think we, talked, we were talking a little bit about trolling and the gamer demographic and Trump's audience. I think Altai was going to bring this up earlier too, but there was a pretty hilarious um, ad and website dedicated to to Trump for the Sway Gamers. So I saw this picture on our um, gaming at first. If you look at this ad, is that apparently a real ad? Yep, it's running in. Yeah, do you know who made this ad? Uh, the guys who made uh, Cards Against Humanity. Yep. What's up? So if you look at... Uh, <laughs> This is Donald Trump means Hanzo and complains about a team comp in chat. Trump is not a team player.com. So if you go to Trump is not a team player.com, it's a pretty hilarious, like anti Trump website and it clearly caters towards gamers. And I just thought this was hilarious. Look at this. Just, just skim through the website. It's beautiful. He's just yelling into his mic. Trump My loses all the time, but it's never his fault. I've, I, I saw the billboard, right? Um, articles mm -hmm. on that, but I did not see the website. The website's beautiful. Look at the website. Yeah, you yeah, go to trumpisnotateamplayer.com. And it's so funny. He's, he says he loses all the time, but it's never his fault. Because like, if, if you played any game, you know there are always people like that who just always bitch at their teammates. And it's, it's hilarious. This they game kinda, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and the picture is hilarious, too. It shows like Trump with the Hanzo-like look. Read and the bottom. Like, Paid for by the nuisance committee. <laughs> <laughs> But just like skim through this, like the controller is broken, and like it, it, it actually does talk about like his actual like what actually happened, and it kind of relates to like Overwatch the pictures. The screen has input delay. The yeah, other team is using that, hacks. That's my favorite. The screen has input delay. That's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> and These are amazing. Because Trump does always say like he's been saying it's kind of rigged, and he's not being endorsed by uh, you know the media is always on Hillary's side. So the other team is using hacks. <laughs> This game sucks. So it, this actually, I think this, I thought this is the most like interesting political ad I've seen. Uh, we get bombarded with letters being in Nevada, being a swing state. We see like political ads all the time, whether it's on Facebook, we see it on Twitter, we see it like in the mail, you see it on TV. But this is like the only political ad I thought that was actually really like interesting because like it kind of fits what I'm interested in. The fact that they're using game online gaming 
And given given to how large the online gaming audience is, literally like tens of millions, probably hundred million, like crazy number of people in America, that I'm surprised other like this is the first time I'm seeing an ad like this. Uh I'm not surprised that this really? doesn't happen more. Have you seen ad like this before? I have not seen it, but I'm not surprised that you don't see it, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, well I think I think this is the start. Alright. I'm gonna go ahead and say that we'll see in the next election, I bet you see tons of ads that try and tap into the, the gaming market because in the next four years, I think esports is going to be at the forefront of everything. But that's that's another well, another conversation. Can you imagine, but I this is the beginning. Can you imagine playing a game, right? Like a free-to-play game or whatever, right? In the middle, like of, of between rounds, you get like an ad. Like, if you vote for ah! Trump, like, like, you know, he'll take away your internet. I would rights, hate like, that. And you'll have internet. What do they call that thing? Mm, ne- neutral? What? Net neutrality, like oh, net, net neutrality. neutrality. He doesn't bullshit like that. Like, oh, he's against internet. Like, you better, you better, you know, uh, shoot the target to the right to vote for Trump to support Trump. Wow. One day, one day, one day. But I, I, I was a fan of these ads. I, I just thought they were hilarious. Well done, well done, well done. All right, I think the the next probably most interesting and most recent news uh, that's probably worth talking about because I'm gonna have a pretty conflicting opinion on this. Is that uh, United Front Games is is closed? Uh, they're they're done though. What's the that's... full background of the story? Because it happened out of nowhere. All right, Gumby, you, you want to take it? Oh, last night we were sitting and having a meeting about this. This podcast, it's our little our little uh, organization time, and we found out that Smash and Grab, which was developed by United Front Games, who also created Sleeping Dogs and the Closed Triad Wars, just kind of disappeared. It, mis- it just it just closed out of nowhere. No announcement. Nothing. The game was no longer available for sale. Uh, actually, people who worked there, they started tweeting that they, you know, rested pepperoni, United Front Games. It just, it, it, it just, there was no expectation of closure because Smash and Grab was having its first free weekend. Uh, the game only came out a couple of weeks ago, so the free weekend, you know, was a way to generate interest. However, if you looked at Steam charts, I guess it didn't, um, it, it didn't really work. I think advertising kind of fell through. I think people just didn't know about it. I, um, that's a and what's sad is that's a cop oh, out saying. Oh, I hate that cop out. Let me finish, and then you okay, can okay, you can okay, attack right. it because this is this is what people think. And then um, what sucks though is that people the game costs money, right? It's an early access that it costs money. So what now? All the people who bought into this game with the expectation of development, um, they're they're up shit's creek. I mean, this is this is another bloat of early access. But you guys can go ahead and attack the advertising and, and give the general. Okay. Sentiment. Okay, I played Smash and Grab, right? It worked. It played like it was a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, we all played for Sunday but, Fun Day. Yes, but here's the problem with the game like this. It has no context. Like, I, what was it? I, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Like, I'm just clicking around. Like, why would I play this over like so the thousand other games available? Well, let's talk about the closure though. Besides, not just why Smash and Grab wasn't popular because it wasn't. If you okay. look at Steam charts, it didn't get. But not just that. Uh, just just this closure, the the news of it, you know, right, shutting well, down out of nowhere. Well, very simple. It didn't do as well as they thought. Uh, this was probably a big budget game because these were these were well known developers, right? Like these were. You like- can also see that the budget went into it. I mean, you can see it in everything. I mean, this is an early access game, and it was it was pretty polished for yeah, what it had. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was expensive to make, so they needed money right away. And ready, they- ready. It was a scam. Really? Here's why it's a scam. Okay. Uh, you launch a game way. into early. Uh, it's a scam, and it, this actually, I think, this is probably the best example of why it's a scam, and this is a really good example, and it really paints some of the decision makers at you know united front games as assholes in my mind clearly the, the 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 studio behind this game before they even launched it right before the game even hit steam before it even hit early access they clearly knew they were in money money troubles right 
Yeah, Triad Wars had just closed down. Keep that in mind. I was reading comments. Apparently, Triad Wars was shut down by Square Enix, not because of what All right, fair enough. Oh, yeah, forget it. Regard, regard. There, were, there was clearly money issues at the studio, because we know this for a fact, because the studio's gone. They're bankrupt. They're done. They're mm-hmm. done today. So before they launched the game, they were in money. They were in serious deep doo-doo money issues, right? And then they launched this game, knowing that they have money issues, and they launched the early access, and they sell it as a buy-to-play game. They, they get sales because on day one, there was like over 500 players online. So they sold at least 500 plus copies of the game. So they take sales for a game when they know they're on the verge of bankruptcy. And in fact, they shut down during their free weekend. Literally during their free weekend, they shut down. This game hasn't even been out for a month yet, and they shut down. Forget a month. What? It's like, like, a week, a couple weeks. Yeah. No announcement, fact, I think, is the most They insulting. accepted sales. They, they, they sold the game for money, knowing that they had money issues. It just... You got scammed. You bought the game. You literally got scammed. They shut down like a week later after taking everyone's money. Unless they issue refunds, they're all assholes. That's my. That's well, my it's not like they're taking the money and running, though. I mean, but it doesn't matter. They launched the game. To be no fair, there no to money. be fair, it's very little money they ran with because nobody bought the game. But then, no, and also, no, it's always it, going straight into debt. I mean, they're literally getting nothing out of this. Oh, it doesn't matter though. They're assholes for the, if they if they had launched if if on the early access page on Steam it said, by the way, we're very close to bankruptcy and there's a chance that our studio might close, then they're fair. I let them go. You know, there's they were being honest. They told everyone the risks. The whole point of early access it is a it is a constantly developed project. There is risk involved in early access, right? We all know this, but the fact that the risk wasn't on the development side it was just that they were already teetering on bankruptcy and they sold a game, a retail game. And shut down a week later. That is inexcusable assholery. And they're scammers. I mean, I'm not saying the developers there are scammers. The decision makers, the owners, the bosses are the ones scamming people. Well, I, I just, I, I think the thing that really makes it not a scam is that it's a solid game. It's a great game. It's not like they just threw out an unfinished thing and said, we're out of money. Like, okay, say Chronicles of Illyria or Star Citizen, and they just threw it out tomorrow and said it's done. You know, like, okay, we're done. This is it. And then they shut down a month later because they didn't make the money back that they needed from whatever debts they've accrued. Okay, so that's that's a scam because it's not done. Like it it was far from the original target. This this is an early access title that was way more polished than it like it didn't even deserve the early well, access title in my opinion. They could have launched it like this and you, you wouldn't have known the difference. But none of that matters. It could I be mean, the best game in the world, it doesn't matter. It's an online game. The, sh- the, the servers is, are gone, it's, it's a scam. All right. Here's the, the servers if you can't play your game that you bought, it's a scam. And Gumbo, Gumbo. You remember earlier you said okay, I, something failed well, with the advertising? Then you linked me this Steam Spy. The the median player played this game for one minute and thirty five. Well, that's why I brought it up. Okay. You know what this means? The game sucked. Before we get to the game sucks, let That's Matt it. finish his point. Okay, Matt. We talk about the it's game just, being a scam. I mean, I, I feel like it can't be a scam if it's a product that was finished. You know what but, I mean? But they take where you, you, you bought it. You, it. You, if the servers are gone, it, it, you got scammed. If it's a single player game, you're right. If it's a single player game, you download it. You already have the product. It's not a scam. Wait, so okay, what exactly? What was the exact? Okay, so okay, so I put like a ton of money into Black Desert. If it shuts down tomorrow and I can't play it next year when I want to, it's a scam, right? Well, there is a there is a period of time involved. Next year. no game. That that's arbitrary, though. It's it's they really product- no. Gummy, you should uh, you Matt. should have a certain amount of time to play the game. I mean, that's just with it with an expectation. But that's a personal, emotionally driven. No, opinion. it's not. Gummy, it's that that, is, not. An, that yeah. is an emotionally. When I buy a opinion. monitor, it has a one year warranty. If it breaks the next day, guess what? I have a warranty, and it's, yeah, but and there if was no one year of how long thing. it was going to be online. There was literally no promise. There's no promise on anything. 
Exactly. Matt, 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 exactly. Matt, Matt, so Matt, so Matt, if I sell you a product, any product, and it just ceases working the next day, can I say, aha, you got, aha, I got your money, and you, you, you're gonna tell me, oh, he got it, you know, he got it fair and square, it wasn't a scam. That has definitely happened with stuff I've bought in stores. Then like you've gotten a scam before. What do you want from me? It's a scam. No, it's just a faulty product that happens. But, but it, this, it, this the car stops working. What? Matt, Matt, if I sell you, like, it makes no, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, here's the problem. Here's but the problem. then you contact the company, but anyways. I think people in the media, including us at times, are way too generous to games. Like I, I agree. Gumbo's first reaction when he when he would talk about when he introduced a story was I don't know what went I wrong. Was, well, Maybe the marketing here. I only the, bring it up. Forget the marketing. This game Crush Online. I, I had more fun playing Crush Online than I did playing this when we played it. I still played this, like whatever, like things were happening, but like I had more fun playing Crush Online. And Crush Online wasn't good. Uh, okay, so just put that in perspective. Game sucked. If a game sucks, we gotta call it out. That's part of our job. Well, before beyond getting to why it sucked, and uh, this is the point I would make, I think what hurt this game, and I only brought up advertising because it is the general argument laid in, in reinforcement for why this didn't do well. I think it was the whole model. I think they fucked up the model, and it should have been a free-to-play game. I don't think it had the, the robustness to gameplay-wise, to survive as a buy-to-play project. So, to me, that's that's a... To, it, it's, it was a poor sign, because it showed that they didn't really have... Um, it, it feels like longevity wasn't... wasn't um, whoever was designing the, the monetary model for it didn't have that in mind. Alright. Like, don't you think it, it played like a free-to-play game? It played like a Duke game. Now, here's the problem. No, I thought, you want to entertain I, 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 the thought? I thought the game itself was okay, but I, I, I think... It's very difficult for okay and you know decent games to do well in, in a market where one percent of games capture ninety nine percent of the audience, and clearly the game it cost a lot of money to make and they were already in like a game like this could have survived had the developers not already been you know in financial distress. Had this game been made on the cheap and they you know they weren't already teetering on bankruptcy, they could have survived on their sales. There are plenty of games today that survive on less than hundred players and they had like five hundred players median uh, for a while. There are plenty of small games that survive. Look at all the games that Super Games publishes. None of them are particularly profitable. They have employees, they service the games, and they survive on you know the scraps that they make. That's fine. But the fact that these guys shut down their game a week after it launches... It, it wasn't a week. It was like two weeks. It was like two and a half weeks. Well, all right. I will say this. No, I don't know really what the intentions are. That. Oh, oh, it's two and a half weeks. Like, oh, really? Two no, and a half weeks? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You've been kind of quiet in the situation. Was it a scam? Yes. 100% scam in my mind. 100% so. scam. Not not even questionable. All right. Altai, was it a scam? Yes. Uh, Gumby, was it a scam? It certainly seems like it on face value. It it seems, it seems, I yes or no. No, because you, you guys you guys are so uh, assertive when you say it's a scam. It, it, everything poses, everything points to somebody making a decision to take the money and run. So it let's, let's be clear, though. It's not the entire company. I, I feel bad try because we're throwing Look, everyone to the bus somebody at that company though yeah of course the, plug, the decision makers, the decision makers. Here's how i know they didn't make an announcement and to me it's the most insulting thing that there was no announcement that they left people who bought the game high and dry and that's fucked up so somebody pulled the plug somebody you somebody can make this there. simple okay it doesn't matter what their intentions were it doesn't matter they they could have the best intention they could have not known that doesn't make it not a scam that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I don't want to throw the entire company under the bus. I just, somebody there in charge made the shitty decision. They, in their minds, sure, they're the scare, but not the, not all of United Front Games. 
No, I, I, I don't. I, I feel bad. I feel like it's too. When we do this, when we say scam, we're generalizing too much. It's not the entire company. It's one well, asshole, sure. the CEO or something. Let's, let's make sure we say that though. Okay. I, I want to emphasize. I did say that the developers, the guys that are working on the game, they're not. They're not. You know, privy to the financial details exactly. and the undergoings of the company. The decision makers, the bosses, they are the assholes. The CEO, they the like what's his name? They they released the game, know that they were teetering on bankruptcy, and it shut down in two and a half weeks. And unless they refund that money, they're total assholes. And they ripped off customers. That's why they're scammers. And of course, you can say in bankruptcy, the company's assets go to the the creditors. But very often, the situations in small companies, and not as long as they're giant companies. The CEOs, the owners, are the creditors. They are the people that funded the company. So in bankruptcy, if they if they had sold X number of copies, the the owner of the company gets that money. He is the creditor in bankruptcy. So there there, is, there could be a direct financial benefit for the bosses to rip off their customers right before they go bankrupt. There is a you know financial incentive there if that's the case with them. But regardless, they ripped off customers. That's why they're a scammer for the for the for the main reason. That's my I mean, the game shit. is literally called Smash and Grab, guys. I mean, how, how much more obvious could they have made it? Uh, honestly, that's a really good point. Altai literally hit the nail on the head. They really, they really smashed it and grabbed it. I mean, I mean, the you guys, the, game who, is the, steel the only one you can blame is yourself if you bought it. Oh my god! But that's hilarious. The game is literally about looting stores and you know stealing money in the game. And, and they really bought them right away. Well done, boys. Well done. They bought it. <laughs> They, they they get an S score for their performance. All right, fine. You, that that was great. <laughs> can't even be mad. Can't even. Yeah, you can't at this point. You can't even be mad. You just gotta admit that they're better at the game than you are. All right. They really smashed and grabbed. The only way they can one up is if they if they like charge more money on your credit card than you agreed to. <laughs> but it's it's it's, it's, it's unfortunate because this is another fucking blow to the face uh, for you know early access or. Uh... You know, especially with indie developer like that. Right, if I can be yeah. real for a minute, all right. One, I think we're going to start. This is good evidence, and a lot of these Kickstarter early access games are mm -hmm. also evidence. There are too many studios. Yeah. I say the number of studios out there. Needs no, to I 100% I believe there are way too many games, and the industry has allowed too many um, paid products to exist, co like coexist, especially when it comes to online games that require persistence and a certain level of players. I mean, it's just there are too many. I, I mean, and mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't think like Altai said the other time, we should just shut them all down, you know. But no, he, he, I, he, he was talking philosophically. Yes, they were allowed Listen. to exist. The problem was that they were allowed to exist in the first place, and the market has allowed them to exist. And here's the problem, and, I think. And I, and and we kind of touched on this earlier. Here's the problem. Ready? Do two, three guys? They go work at a studio for like a year, right? Like whether it's Blizzard or the Sleeping Dog Studio, whatever it was called. Then they decide, hey, we worked here a year. I got a cool idea. Let's do this. They leave. The two or three guys. They form Iron Hammer Studio, and now they have a cool logo. It looks just as legit as any other studio. And they say from from developers that worked at Blizzard, it could be like the art guy, you know, like the freelance art guy, like Omar was saying. Like yeah. that that Iron Hammer Studio with three guys from Blizzard has no authority. And, and I think it's our job to point out they have no authority or, or credence or anything like that. Well, yeah, for, for sure. But um, what I, I was agree. saying, it's just I think the value of games overall has dropped because people don't play them as long. So they value them far less. So they're, they're literally throwing money at games that they value for about two hours of play. And th that's problematic in and of itself. And that's, that's a symptom of how many games exist right now. And I mean, if, if that didn't, if that problem didn't exist, we wouldn't have as many problems with games shutting down out of nowhere, even if they're solid. All right.
time to be controversial. This, uh, the only way to fix this, I think, is what EA is doing. The new EA Battlefield 1, like the ultimate pack, right? It's like $130 or something. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. We need real games to charge w- w- a real price. And then you're going to play it for days and years and, m- and months, right? So that there's no room in the market for this garbage guys, these scammers to come in, charge 20 bucks or whatever, and take the money and run. How does that solve the issue if they're charging? Because That doesn't it, solve the issue. because oh. it, it, Can I explain it? Because when you see yeah, that yeah. price tag, $200 price tag, 130 whatever, mm-hmm. Battlefield 1, you know it's a premium product. EA, 130 you're getting a meaty game. So because so right now, uh, a good game, a real game could be like $30, right? Like Final Fantasy XIV, you know, like the box. Yeah. And then the Smash and Grab can be like 15 to 20 And now in your mind, when you see two prices that are the same, you, you equate the two. That, that, that's a problem. We can't equate you have a Smash point, and Grab. But- yeah. Okay, but I don't know that that's going to change the ecosystem in a positive way because people are going to see $120 and they're going to see, I'm not spending money on that and they're going to go for the $20 game. Yes, and they're going to get smash and grabbed. They'll get burned. And then, <laughs> I, I think people Unless like, enough people do it and then smash and grab might have still I mean, existed. Aaron, don't you think that's already happening though? I think, uh, it is. Especially the last couple of months, it's one story after another that you know gets people's ire. No Man's Sky, now this. Exactly. Uh, we can even feel that there's going to be a whole bunch of Kickstarters failing in the next couple of years. So I think... That it's going to happen without the pricing difference. I mean, I think $60, I think the perception of $60 now as a game has seemed way too high because all the shitty games have undermined. I don't think you need to no, fix I think the you price raise too it. high, though. And here's the thing. Someone mentioned maybe the scammers will charge 130 You can't drop 130 Most people can't drop 130 on a whim, right? They, they're going to do research. research yeah. yeah. But when a game is 20 bucks and it's, it shows up on Steam, now new release, $20. Mm-hmm. Oh, I watched the trailer. kind of looks cool. 20 bucks. Eh, I buy it. If it's 200 it's not. It's by EA. No. Oh, it's by some. Okay, now studio? you're just raising the price incrementally every time you say. Whatever, whatever, whatever. His point was you have to. You have to when you before you make a bigger purchase like that. Let's be real. We all do it. You know, when we buy like a new mouse, like a sixty dollar mouse, even seventy dollar mouse, a hundred dollar gaming keyboard, hundred dollar headset. Like we do our research. We go to Amazon. We look. We'll go to Newegg. All the reviews. We read the reviews. We spend a lot of time making those purchase decisions before we make them. And I think people are going to do that more and more when it comes to... I think... I'm doing it right now. Here's going back to my point, right? With the fact that people value games less now. When you're looking into a new mouse, you're looking into a new keyboard, even if it costs only 60 bucks, you're looking for a piece of hardware that's going to last you years. Yes. When you're looking for a game, you may only be looking for something that lasts you an afternoon. And so that's the big difference in why people don't do as much research. But that matters on price point quite a bit. Yeah, if I like, buy a five dollar game on Steam, I'm, I'm, I don't care. It should be my expect- the expectations are lower. I, I think so, expectations. So, so like, Shoot. Okay, I, I'm, do, I'm doing it right now. Like like you guys linked that Magus game earlier. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really interesting and it's something I would want to want to play. Please tell me you didn't donate. No, 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 I'm doing my research <laughs> first. Like I'm, I'm gonna. Sure, here's your research. It. It's on Kickstarter. Don't do it. Here's your research. It's a yeah, mobile but... game that requires you to pay sixty dollars for a peripheral to play it. It's gonna die. You don't need the peripheral though. See, if you did your research, you would have known that. Sure. Here's my research. It's on Kickstarter. Stay but, away. But, but but here, let, let me see. See, that's also another problem. I mean, just the fact that you say that, it just shows that like what Kickstarter has done is it's allowed irresponsible people to like get funding. You know, in in a traditional sense, there's no way you could get. You know, I'm gonna hold my tongue right now. What? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go about ahead. the irresponsible people part. Yes. I'm just gonna. Yes, I'm it's allowed. It's allowed irresponsible people, which is unfair for actually responsible people. Deep. 
right, also, the problem, with, the problem with Kickstarter is there's a lot of issues with the mechanics of Kickstarter. Kickstarter benefits from scams because the way Kickstarter makes money is they take a cut of all the raised money. So if they, they, you know, even if they realize later on this game is probably a scam, like it doesn't matter to Kickstarter. Kickstarter is a platform. They kind of you know excuse themselves from taking any responsibility, and they say it's up to backers and the people behind it to make you know, to do their own research. So they they thrive. They make money when the games get funded, whether it's a scam or not. So for that reason, they don't want to like take a like a more moderating role. That's the reason they don't do it. I want to quickly talk about uh, price points again. I mean, we're all for free games here, right? That way, yeah. at least you can try it and then decide how much you want to spend in the shops or whatever in the game. But mm-hmm. speaking about retail games here, I the trend, I, I see it on Reddit all the time, people complaining about the trend of you know certain companies like EA charging more now. Uh, they see that as a bad thing. I, I, I honestly see it as a good thing. I mean, I want quality. I'm willing to pay for quality. Not everyone has to have the cutting edge. You know, Battlefield 1 is like the bleeding edge in technology and looks, you know. So mm-hmm. you got to pay for quality. I, I I have no problem with that. 60 bucks, I think, is cheap for a game. It used to be 60 for years now. There's something called inflation. Uh, inflation in the game development industry is much higher than overall inflation. You know, the cost of making a game today is much higher than the past. I, there's no God-given right for you to buy a game for 60 bucks from now till doomsday. Uh, nothing wrong with increasing the price. I mean, I think we're all hesitant to pay up front, but you do make a valid point that inflation is a real, a real issue, and the costs have gone up. So I think, I think it makes sense. I mean, I, I'm still all for low prices, but as long as, like, what I know, you know, at least if a game is being published or made by EA, it's not going to be a scam. You know, it's not going to shut down the next day. Yeah. So so for their premium games, like, I could understand the pricing. Gumball, I know you were complaining about the 60 earlier. No, what I meant to say was that I think that I don't know if you need to raise the price to have the type of reaction you want to foster. It seems like it's already happening. We're just we're in the middle of it now, or in the beginning, yeah. and that people are going to lose. I think I see a total loss, a total collapse of faith in the indie scene, or at least in crowdfunding and Steam Greenlight games. We're already seeing. I mean, look at comments that just totally dismissed stuff, especially because of No Man's Sky. So, but I mean, I think okay. you're. I think the prices are going to be raised, no matter what. Well, uh, I but think EA already is- does it through their like uh, their value packs, the Supreme packs by offer. They incentivize higher prices by you know getting you in the game early or the expansions <laughs> or whatnot. So, I, I think the thing to remember about No Man's Sky though is that it wasn't labeled as like a title that was still in development. It was backed by Sony. It was released at retail on a disc for sixty dollars. The only was- point I'm making is that people feel burned. Yeah, I know, but it's a huge outlier, and I, I think that people are misdirecting their. I, 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 I mean, it doesn't matter if it's an outlier or not, because people base are basing their perceptions on it. That and and Star Citizen isn't exactly generating the most love right now either. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think unless you're unless you're a backer, I don't think people. I think people are are skeptical more than anything else. Really, I I think I know we're skeptical, and there's a few other loud people that are skeptical. But I'm I'm skeptical, but I mostly don't care. Uh, I, I think the general gaming yeah. scene is still very much positive about Star Citizen in the process. I agree. Maybe yeah, that's a good so. thing, then. Yeah. We're, we're I mean, not, I'm but sure in general. A lot, of, I mean, a lot of us want it to succeed. I'm sure yeah, we of course. do. I would love that game for that game to come out, but just so much shit has happened that we're like... Like, we don't want to get our hopes up, you know? We don't yeah. want our dreams crushed. We don't want our dreams crushed, okay? That's fair. I, I think the thing that a, a lot of early access devs need to take into consideration is that, and it's the one thing that Smash and Grab seems to have done right, is that they had a subsection of content that was very, very polished rather than trying to throw out like all the content in an unpolished manner or like 
this a subsection of content in an unpolished manner. You need you need to work towards whatever level of content you can get polished and throw it out in a polished state rather than a disaster. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that would really help perception because even though it's not finished, what is there is definitely like worth playing, you know? Fair. Yep. All right, I still say it's a scam though. They're all assholes. If you don't, if, if, if they don't give they're, they're all assholes. They're all assholes. I take issue with the the word scam. That's all. I, I do think it's unfortunate. I think that uh, people are have a right to be mad about it. I just take issue with the people word scam. Are, I think people have a right to refunds for. for I think this. they have a right to refunds, and I think Steam right. may very well help them with that. And this is this is why I think Steam is uh, is a good thing because this game is on Steam. Steam can issue refunds because there is a process for game developers to get paid from Steam. There is a holding period, you know. Steam doesn't I, I doubt Steam pays people the day a game you know you buy a game. There's usually probably every 30 days, every two weeks or so forth. So because Steam is still holding some of the funds, they can look at what happened and they can intervene. Which do you think they waited? If they were truly scammers, if they are truly scammers as it looks, don't you think that they pulled the plug as soon as they got the money? Well, I, I don't know that that's uh well I don't Good that, point, that I don't would know. um that would lend credence to why they shut down mid free weekend, but I mean the the other thing is maybe they didn't get the money and that's kind of why they went under. If you're you know relying on that paycheck to paycheck, but did sale to sale to get paid immediately, they knew the process on Steam. You don't get paid right away. There is a you know a delay. Well, I mean maybe it just didn't stretch as far right. as it needed to. That's all I was saying. But um, yeah, I mean like I said, I I don't think that I think like Sean said the. The worst part of it is that there was no indication. No, nothing was said. No, mm-hmm. There was no announcement. It just disappeared mid-free weekend. And, I mean, the people that were even playing it for free suddenly now probably can't play it. I don't know if the servers are actually down, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just the, the worst part is that there was no indication. All right. That's, yeah. That's I'm sure this will happen again. We'll return. But until then, rest in pepperoni, I guess. Rest in pepperonis, uh, United Front Games. And... All the customers that bought the game, I encourage you to try getting a refund on Steam, and hopefully it will go through. And I think, we, I think we need something lighthearted. Let's get something lighthearted going. What do we got? Yeah, yeah I got something. Uh, I, I got what? a funny anecdote from Battlefield I like 1. Anecdotes. Because I've been playing Battlefield 1. All right, so today I encountered my first hacker in Battlefield 1, and you want to know what happened? What hmm. happened? The guy was fucking invisible. He was a floating gun. That's he awesome. Was literally just a floating gun. Was it? Was it? Game bot. That could and have been the. Could that have been like a graphical issue? Or? Nope. He was a floating gun with an aim bot that could change oh, into any bot. weapon at any time, and uh, just teleported around the map. And somehow he died. I'm pretty sure that his body still physically existed, but it was like back at the base or mm-hmm. something that was cut off from the other team. Because you know how they have those maps where they're cut off. And I'm just. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. I mean, we just we we played through it. The whole even the guy's team was like, "Report this fucker! Come on." Report him. I don't think it was a hacker. I think that was a secret German weapon. In I was right about to say that, Altai. <laughs> Yo, great minds think alike. I was literally going to say a secret German weapon. It's a ghost of Hitler. <laughs> even though oh, he, this World War One, Hitler. I even though, even though he was still a soldier in World War. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't it wasn't Germans because we were playing the Italians oh. at that point. Remember? Right. <laughs> you know what though? Nothing nothing is going to beat the hack where. Me and Omar were playing. Um, was it war mode? War and mode. War mode. Yeah. Grenades got dropped like over the whole map. Yeah, from the ceiling. <laughs> uh, quality, quality hack right there. Yeah, it was. It was literally nothing. It wasn't even like that. Like you couldn't even see like who did it. It was like you literally spawned and you blew up. 
quality quality game wow that's hilarious <laughs> All right, that reminds me of this because uh, another little lighthearted picture. I saw this on Reddit earlier, and let's be real. How hard does, does this hit home for most of us, all right? It's called you build a high-end gaming PC. Yeah. I play emulators. Yeah. Okay, let's be, like, let's be real. Like, even today, like, I'm, like, the only high-end games I'm currently playing is like, maybe Ever 14, which counts as high-end. I, I don't know if it does anymore. I, I'm still playing games like League. I'm still playing like SNES emulators. VR though, you you do VR. VR is yeah, yeah, VR VR fits. Yeah, but like mo a lot of the games I play a lot are really old games. Like even today, and it's so funny that we build high end gaming PCs and we play really old games. All right, in my defense, no, my I'm defense, not, I'm not. I'm playing. That's not you. Right. I have I have Overwatch right, even though, which is not super high end, right? Overwatch, mm -hmm. I cannot get uh, constant ninety frames on my four K monitor with my ten eighty. Because so, you have a 4K monitor, that's yeah. why. Yeah, what the fuck? What kind of statement is that? You have a 4K yeah. monitor. Who else, you do realize that there's not a single graphics card that's designed to work for 4K perfectly, Yeah, yeah, so right? I have an excuse, you know, if I want to ramp up things on my monitor. So you can't do 90 FPS. Everyone feel bad 4K, for Altai. You 4K monitor anyway, right? Yeah, feel bad for Altai with feel the 4K, 4K monitor. Feel bad with 4K monitor. My 1080 and 4K monitor, you know? <laughs> Poor <Wow. loves> me. <laughs> You certainly have pushing the life. limits. Feel bad for him. He can't push the limits. Okay. Yeah. Push it to the limit. All right. This is what I was doing in uh, FF14 last night, by the way. Worth sharing this fun picture. It's on. Uh, it's a quality picture, I think. Oh it's, it's, god. Oh, that's awesome. That's close to the line. I think it's right on the line. It's okay. All right. Let's do it. I think right on the line is a dangerous the, precedent. The disapproving a, looks one. The no, no. I, I posted a quality picture. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if anyone ever... anyone wants to join us in Final Fantasy, you're welcome to. So uh, you can do a lot of fun things in Final Fantasy, all right? <laughs> so, I know you guys have been playing Final Fantasy. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about my time in ESO, Elder Scrolls right. Online, if I right. if I may. So first of all, what are your thoughts on that whole thing about level equalization? Like when dynamic you go to leveling. Dynamic leveling, yeah, sure. Dynamic leveling, whatever you want to call it. Well, I think it's great for Elder Scrolls Online because it makes it an Elder Scrolls experience in the most best of ways. Okay. Yeah. It, I, can I, you I, explain? Can you explain what this is? I mean, I, I kind of get the idea, but I don't know how it works in Elder Scrolls. Okay. Well, uh, okay. So ba basically, what they did is they made it so that um, you can now play any content in any order. Like, I think there are some gear like requirements, like unspoken ones where if you don't have the right gear you're not going to be able to like do so well but basically it'll scale your level and your stats up to whatever the contents level was beforehand so it's like it didn't exist okay i think it works if a if a game or, or region has it in mind during development so like for example world of warcraft legion probably does it well i think the eso version because eso was originally designed with just levels in mind it doesn't really work. And here's the reason. Some guy did a really funny example uh, experiment on ESO. Basically, he took like a level 10 archer, right? Naked. And a level 50 archer, naked. He gave them a the level 1 bow and sent them against the same mob. The level 10 does like cons considerably more damage than the level 50 with the same bow, naked, against the same mob. Because the way the game tears it is, because he's level <laughs> 50, the, the, you know, the mob he's fighting is also level 50, right? And he's using mm -hmm. a level one weapon against it. Whereas level 10 is fighting a level 10 mob with a level one bow. 
So he's saying, how can it be that a higher level character with the same gear is weaker than the low level character? Like, like much weaker. Seems, too, that probably. seems like a problem with the, the how they did the it. The scaling. Yeah. The scaling, yeah. exactly. It seems like a design issue, not a... So level 60, CP 60, which is like champion point. Like max level, issue. Uh, with a level 1 white bow, gets 17 damage against a mob. A level 3 with the same bow gets the same mob, does 1400 damage. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the guy is ranting. It's a it's a massive post, and it's worth reading it if you're like into game design. And he's basically saying it feels like I'm de leveling every time I level, not leveling. I'm because every level, unless you unless you have the best gear for your level, you're actually getting weaker as you level in ESO. It's not a conceptual issue, though. I think. But if the whole game is designed that way, it might be a conceptual issue. No, but the game see, that's a problem. Legion. The game wasn't designed with the dynamic leveling in mind. They they kind of added it with a patch later. Right, to yeah, fix. which is why Legion did it in only certain zones with yes. the Legion expansion that you can only access at a minimum level, and that works. That works, and that worked for them. Well, I think it could have been better if they balanced it better, but um, but, could but that there have is. Never worked? How do you, yeah, how do you balance it better? If you're both using level one bow, and it, you're fighting it, level fifty monster with a shit weapon at your level, wouldn't you always do worse than level one fighting level one enemy? I, I mean, I guess theoretically they should do identically. Like in terms of scale, like not literally the exact same damage. But the problem but... is, if, but the problem is, if they do identically, the low-level player would be doing it at a normal pace, and a high-level player fighting the, his equal opponent with the I worst. I can't remember how Elder Scrolls. He can't was. possibly do it. They should separate the um, the character stats from the weapon stats, probably. Okay, so if it um, doesn't reach a certain cap. Well, see, what they were trying to do with this is they were trying to make it exactly like the Elder Scrolls offline games, which they scale with you. Basically, every time you level, you don't become more powerful. It's a, it's exactly the same, basically. They Everything scales with you. Was so, it always um, like that, really? Because no, I played Skyrim quite yeah. a bit. I, don't know if that's, I know Skyrim that does like that. that. He's right. Skyrim does that. Yeah, Skyrim, Skyrim and Oblivion, and I think Morrowind, at least. I, I don't know about... I don't think Morrowind did fall. it. I don't think Morrowind but, um, did Because I remember, I remember the bitching was fairly recent about that. Because I know, I remember people did bitch about the single-player Elder Scrolls games. Okay, yeah. Chaos Shield has said it's the exact same as the Elder Scrolls games. Then maybe it was an intentional design choice to make it seem more familiar. Okay, so here's an but, interesting question then. What do you guys think of the concept of getting weaker as you level? Like, is, is there a place for that in MMOs? I think it slowly ramps yes. up the difficulty on you. Yeah, that'd be cool, actually. I think it'd be really cool because if you look at like some of the like, this is so totally weird uh, example, but I think one of the fun maps, fun like game style modes in Counter Strike was Gun Game, where you kind of start with like, a good weapon and you start progressing downwards. So you start example. with it, and you you start with a pretty good gun, and as you get kills, you actually your gun changes and it, it gets progressively worse and worse. Like towards the end, you have to get a kill with a with a with a heavy explosion grenade. And the knife. final round knife. is you have to get a kill with a knife to win. So yeah. you start strong and you get weak, and it's it's a kind of cool dynamic. I don't know if it's going to work in MMORPG though, but the concept of starting strong and getting weak, it could be fun still. I want to see that more in games actually, because um, it, go ahead. Yeah, it just it it ramps up the difficulty in a way that makes sense and gives you a chance to learn the mechanics while slowly becoming weaker and be adding more challenge to it. Yeah, because what you what you're really saying, Omar, is that. As you level up, it takes more skill to take down, say, the same mob. So you'd have to have a, I feel like you'd have to have a pretty intricate combat system to make it work. So imagine, like, like, like God. For me, I'm thinking like a mech game. Imagine like a mech game, right? Where rather than start you off with a simple mech and then throw all these things at you, it starts you with a really strong mech with lots of parts where you, you have room for error. Like, you don't have to actually use everything well. 
You mm-hmm. just got to kind of romp through it. And as you progress, you know, the p- parts fall off. So now you have to actually think about what you're doing. And uh, I know a few games like Metroid, a lot of Metroid games do this, where you start off fully equipped in Metroid in the first stages, mm-hmm. and then you something happens and you lose everything. Uh, like Metroid Prime did this. You lose everything and you got to slowly regain it. But that's kind of like a t- tutorial. It's not the same thing, you know. That's not it's the, not the same I, thing. I think, but the point yeah. is, you know, starting strong and getting weak. That's that's a theme here. Could it work in MMORPG though? Hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be a fun experience if somebody if somebody designed the game like that. I don't know where they would start with the design, but if they can make it work and it feels good, yeah. If it was like Gun Game, I'd be all for it. I loved Gun Game. But Gun Game, it's a, it doesn't really fit. <laughs> well, example though. Again, it's it's you have to abstract it, right? It's about increased skill. Yeah, the, yeah. Getting that knife kill takes a lot of skill. You gotta be sneaky. It has to be a game where there's room to outplay. So less tap target, right. more action combat game style <laughs> games. And I think that can work in an MRPG. Why not? Actually, a good. I think in a way, a good example might even be Blade and Salt because uh, yeah. early on, you you know, you don't really have to land your skills, and things are pretty easy, right? And as you get stronger and you fight like bosses and difficult encounters, like you're stronger, right? But it's actually harder because if you get hit once or twice. Like you, your margin of error is so small that if you hit once or twice, you kind of lose that fight automatically. Cause you're gonna get dunked. You're gonna get dunked, like in certain encounters. So it still kind of happens in like modern games where rating becomes difficult. So you know, because you are stronger, but things scale up to a point where it's actually harder. So in a way, it, it's still like that today. Deep. Yeah, we still get a bit of that. But I would like to see a game where you start like level seventy and you gotta get to like level one, and like that's like end game, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah. I think it would throw everything in whack. <laughs> okay, so beyond 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 this level scaling, I'm playing ESO now. Uh, I'm having a good time. Uh, I can see why this game flopped as a subscription game. I would not pay monthly for it. Uh, but I'm having a good time. I paid like thirty bucks for it, and I know you can get it cheaper than that, like for twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. But I had some Steam Wallet money left over. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth a shot if you're looking for like a basically honestly people complaining that it's not like Elder Scrolls. It really is, I think, at this point. I did not interact with a single other person. I'm basically playing a single-player RPG. You know, this is the problem with a lot of MMORPGs: the lack of player interaction. You saying that is another perfect example. You, uh, you just started playing. You're pretty early on, and you've, you, how long? How many hours have you played? You've never talked to anybody yet. I, I like, must you've had at no least ten hours. I have not had any inclination to talk to, interact with, trade with, chat with a single other person. That's not good. That's 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 a no go. Did IMO. you? But here's the question, right? Did you have? Did the game present you with an opportunity to interact with other people? I mean, people? they were jumping past me, but there was at no point that I need them. Uh, yeah, did right. I, you know, what I'm saying it, it never, it, it never occurred to me. Like I was just go here, then here, I talk to this guy, like NPC. At no point did I have to talk to anyone. I think more games have to kind of encourage it in one way or another, and I, and I don't want to go back to Final Fantasy again, but I am enjoying that in Final Fantasy. There's a lot to do beyond just the the questing and stuff. What's this music in the background we're hearing? Not for me. And I do want to say for ESO, um, another problem I have with it right now is too much single-player content. And by that, I don't mean optional single-player content. Like, I mean things that are like instant uh, zones and quests that are solo dungeons, where if I even if I wanted to be social, I could not bring somebody with me. Mm. See, that's bad. Like, If I choose to do it solo, that's fine. At least give me the option to party with people. What? But when literally eighty percent. You get a lot more of that when you hit max level. Doesn't mean. Yeah, but then that then that comes down to the whole 
Oh, well, wait till max level when a real game. No, I'm starts. just saying you, it does exist. That's all I was saying. I'm sure. I'm sure there are dungeons. Yeah, like, but I'm just saying from my standpoint now, um, so much of the content uh, is forced single player. So even if I did want to be social, I couldn't. But I gotta say, it's it's, it's high quality. Everything is voiced over. Um, it, the game looks beautiful on my monitor, my 4K monitor here. Uh, it looks gorgeous. You know, everything is voiced. So I'm having a good time. All right, let's get there. Uh, stuff, good stuff. How can you, how can you make, if you had to make a change in, in games like this, how do you make it more, uh, interactive? Like what would, what would be the solution to this problem? Uh, like, all right. I have one, I have one, but you know, it's, you it's can, a pretty, but here's a problem. You, you're not working with a blank canvas. Imagine you were in charge or whatever of Elder Scrolls after it flopped, right? Your, your your leeway is less than if you start from a blank canvas. Of course, of course. So what are you, are you talking about a blank canvas and you're making a new game or no 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 or a fix like an old game? Let's do a blank canvas. Do a blank canvas. Okay. What's your how do you how do you encourage these things you know in an MRPG without you know while still keeping it fun, not screwing anything up too bad? Hmm. I think uh, one way would be to encourage multiple avenues of gameplay all from the beginning. So Black Desert kind of did that, but it didn't have a social aspect. So instead of just having combat, 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 you would have the game would encourage you to try crafting. There would you would have some type of economic incentive to do it too, to interact with other people, trading. Because like I think, just like we were talking about buying and pickup earlier, you know we've lost that aspect. I think that's very important socially. So I think like if if combat's a part of your game, uh, crafting and you know the market, even like some type of politics, something that's gonna you know some type of natural interaction. And then of course having optional dungeons and stuff. But not just combat. You know, the games shouldn't just be about combat. I don't think. Well, don't they have? Ter I think they have territorial conquest at the end of the game, if I remember correctly. I have a much simpler solution, and it's, it won't solve everything, but it's a good starting point. St make the world smaller than the current ones. Really? Like, I'm in. I'm in playing Elder Scrolls, right? I'm in this. I'm in like the first major city. I think it's called Daggerfall area. Mm -hmm. And the world map is pretty big, right? And I'm sure it's big in Final Fantasy as well. Yeah, and each zone, not, not just a number of zones, but each zone is fairly large, and a lot Very of it is enormous, empty. Yeah. And a lot of it is empty. You know, if you, okay. if you veer off the path too much, it's basically nothing there. I'd rather just make them much, much smaller, so people are interacting just out of this, just out of you know, tra while traveling. You know, they're just seeing each other. I don't think that really necessarily adds interaction, though. To be honest, at least, at least it gives seeing opportunity. Seeing somebody makes uh, God, I keep biting my tongue. Um, seeing other people doesn't increase social interaction, but it makes the world feel more, more alive. I think it does increase social interaction. And I'll give you an example. And right. uh, for this to work, you do need spawns. So imagine, imagine you're waiting for a, for a quest, like a, the, the veteran guard, right? And you see one other guy waiting with you. And he, or maybe you just killed it, right? You're just passing him by. You're, and you're both just standing there. You'll be like, hey, what's up, man? I, I, I've done that before. And that's actually the too. only time I've talked. Because if, if I'm running from point A to B with no interruption, because there's no like point to stop, uh, I won't talk because that's, that's, it's out of my way. Aaron, you're raising a really interesting point, and I think oh. we brought it up briefly, and that is we brought it up with the bridges, right? Mm -hmm. Games today, there's no, there's no uh, time to stop, right? Games, they, they push you through content as fast as possible, but what you're talking about is like a moment where you have to wait, where yes. gameplay forces you to wait. We don't have that anymore. And if you just had those, like, That's if you could force the stop, then you would have you'd have time to you feel like you could breathe and you could type. Whereas smaller worlds, I'll fix that though. 
Small yeah, world. worlds wouldn't fix that necessarily. Not, not, not We're not talking about smaller not, worlds. Not by themselves, but I think it would help. Right. That actually is a good point because there was a Reddit post on something like this. And I remember every time I do a, du- a dungeon roulette in FF14, uh, basically nobody says a word. Right. Literally dead silence. If you do, you know, basically looking for raids in WoW or looking for groups in WoW, nobody says a word. It's literally dead silent in team chat. Like sometimes I'll break dice and be like, what up, you bacos? Or something stupid to get my team talking. Most of the time I'm ignored. But sometimes they get a conversation going. But people are just so eager to finish the content in front of them that there's no time to talk. We need mechanics, like Gumby said, where you literally have to stop. Like, give players like a minute to stop somewhere. And there's nothing else to do. Like You have to wait there. And those little things will actually improve the game a lot. Even I though it slows your content down, it's... I, I want to interact with people. This is an online game. The most fun I have in online games is interacting with people. Like, it feels like the content is there, like, almost to, to get me to play, but the fun in these games is interactions. Yep. And I, yeah. I gotta say, you guys are, you guys are you know, rejecting it, but map size is a part of that. Oh, we know. <laughs> like, Maple Story, guys. Maple Story. Remember, in Maple Story, the grind was slow, and you had to sit there and heal if you didn't have any potions, right? Yeah. But you always, there was always people passing by. Either they weren't fighting for you for your particular camp spot, yeah. they were walking by. You saw them on your map walking by. Aaron, I, I got a simple I, fix I don't for think you. it's oh. just that though. It's I not feel, just that. It's it I feel like there is a benefit to some maps to like not being to not being super small, but there needs to be natural ways to funnel people into locations. I got it. Go. Here it is. Here's a big change that could help. The gummies magnum opus. Here we go. Stop with Quest tracker. Quest quest should not just automatically direct you to where you got to go. You should have to read the text, and it sh- maybe it shouldn't be super obvious. And then you would have to talk. You have to get into chat and you say, hey, man, do you know where this is? Can't do it. Make people work. No, work. This, it'll, no it'll no. work. Only if the map is not too big. <laughs> That's Back fine. We get it. The map, I'm, no, no. I'm fine but, to but, agree that there's a proper map If there's no quest size. tracker in a game like ESO, I wouldn't play. You know why? I don't want to spend 30 minutes... In this giant city or this giant field, looking for that yes, one. Gonna I tap wrap all my but if the map was one tenth the size, I, I don't mind looking around. No, Gummy. The problem is people will download just third party tools that'll tell them where to go. That's okay, though. I think, I think that's okay because um, I mean we don't have a study or anything. It'd be cool if we could see how many people actually go out of their way to download third party tools. And I bet I bet it's not as many people as we think. No, you. I bet. Uh, do you not just look at a wiki to figure out what to do? Because I do. It depends. Okay, so it depends because um, I, I, mean, do I, don't get, I don't get that opportunity too often, right? When I was mm-hmm. playing vanilla, though, uh, I only looked up where I had to go because I didn't remember when you know I, when I was totally lost. For the most part, I tried to read the quest text and actually look at the map. And you know, when you do that, that's another moment where you're looking at the map, you're kind of absorbing the world. You got to pay attention. Now I don't pay attention to shit. I just run right to the marker. I kill what I got to do. I move on to the next one. I, I, I think not, it could work. I think it could work, but it's so totally deviating from what's normal now. I don't like questing. So. Omar, you don't like big maps. You're lying. No, he, he, under certain situations. How do you guys not like big maps? Like, I do like big maps. You guys, no, I, mean, no, like, I don't believe you guys like big maps. You like the you like maps that are well done, so they seem like there's a lot going on, which is fine. I do like that no. too. But a map. No, I like large empty spaces that make it feel natural, like where it's just like a forest or just like plains or something. It has to look like a real world, but it doesn't I have like, like anything I, I going like, on. I like big, big maps that have funnels. That's what I like. I don't know. So it's like if you wanted to, you could explore and walk around and explore as much as you want. But the normal flow of the game should bring people together, I think. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. As long as there's, there's points where people get brought together. I honestly don't believe you guys like big maps. No, the problem with big maps today is servers. Imagine if FF14 just had one server and the towns are pretty big in FF14. <laughs> you walk around Ulda, it's a big town. I think Limsa is one of the most popular towns in the game, but it's kind of small, the, the areas where people hang out. But imagine one giant server where the cities are actually to scale large and the world, the maps are still large. FF14 does have pretty big maps. Those big maps would be great if you had a, you know, one server rather than all these multiple servers. I don't think you can have all these servers and big maps at the same time. You, That's you know, the problem with big maps. What's funny is I actually think Final Fantasy's world is kind of small. The maps are kind of... I said the maps were big. They're kind of small, in my opinion. Have you been to Karthus? <laughs> the maps seem pretty big to me. I mean, just running from one side to one map to another side, like the volume of the map seems pretty large. But the point is, I think one, one of the fixes I would have, one of the implementations I would like to see in a game, in a blank canvas scenario, is one server... Because we've had like one world in EVE Online, right? EVE, I think, is the only game that's done one server for everyone, basically, worldwide. I mean, not, there's a Chinese well, region, too. Worldwide, yes. But yeah. I, I Back to ESO for a second. ESO has one server for PC for all of America. That's good. And then that's one good. for beautiful. Europe. So there's two servers for PC, one Europe, one US. That's it. That's good. More games should do that where there's one server. I... Time to, Even, be wow. Time to be racist for a minute before we move on. All right, go for it. You said Final Fantasy should have one server. I don't... It's possible with cloud, you know, infrastructure, but I don't think the Japanese are, are currently uh, intelligent or knowledgeable enough to pull it tech off. Tech savvy enough. Tech to do savvy it. enough to pull it off. As a tech, I mean, it's doable. What? We're, talking, we're talking ideally. We're talking ideally. I think ideally it would create a much better atmosphere. Wouldn't it be cool if we when you walk into a town, like a big city, it's actually fully low. Like that's a city. You know, you go there, you do your trade shit. It's giant. People are running around. It feels lively. You can do that on one server. The reason they feel dead. Like half the servers are just the big cities are empty because you're, you're segmenting your player base, you're destroying the community element of a game. It just it's we've talked we've stepped on this issue before, so I don't want to get too much on it. Just it drives me mad that we haven't seen a fancy MMORPG where there's one server yet on a popular game. Like, it would literally be awesome. Yeah, I I I agree with that. Like it just it would be I think I think that's what we're missing a lot of. Yeah. Well, we really went down the rabbit hole in this one, huh? Yeah, yeah, it took us, it took us quite a bit there. All right, let's go to interesting shit of the week and just move on from the really deep shit for the week. <laughs> All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's another segment here. All right. That, uh, well, it's your segment. Whoa. Shitty Kickstarter of the week? Yeah. I, I did not find a shitty Kickstarter. Whoa. Of the week. whoa. That's alright. Are you gonna use, use Magus? We, we can skip. We can at. skip that for this. Week. We can skip it. I'm just, I'm shocked. Yeah. I, no, the, I found a lot of like non MMO shitty Kickstarters. I, I want to keep it MMO related because these are the most fun. Of course, of course. Okay, we can move on to to uh, interesting share of the week. I'm glad you're on board with the title now, Matt. We we, we never came up with a better title for this, so it's the. All right, I got. I'll start us off. I, I was know. never not on board. I was oh, just. I thought like, you didn't like it. It was right, just kind of like, eh. the Swedish company. I got one, guys, boys. Here we go. MTG, Swedish company that owns ESL and DreamHack. They bought mm-hmm. 35% of Inno Games, best known for uh, shitty browser games. Really? It's so weird. And I they... love that you called it shitty browser games, because that's true. All right, so guess Wait, how much Inno Games buy? is worth, total, valuation. Okay, I so don't know. For, for those unaware, Inno Games is the company that public, that makes uh, Forge of Empires, Alvinar, Tribal Wars, Gripolis, The I feel West, like I know this. and a handful of other shitty browser games. 700 million. <laughs> okay, All right. I, think, I think Matt's got a good guess right there. 
I think you know what? What? I'll, really? I'll stick. I'll stick. I'll say five hundred million. Wow. Uh, the uh, I'll 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 do two fifty. Okay, Gumby's closest. Two eighty five million. Two eighty five million. Ah. Oh! The only reason I guessed so high was recently uh, Kabam was valued at uh, like 800 million, you said? But that was mobile, so that makes sense. Mobile is bigger. They're focusing on browser games, and browser games are not nearly as big of a market as mobile games are. I have to uh, be honest. I would never have guessed those that 200 million or two, whatever I said if you guys hadn't set the bar so high. So I'm, looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at the website, and I'm just thinking, no way. But then I, then I have to back up and remember how many people spend money on these games. Well, isn't Forge of Empires on mobile now? Uh, I think one of their games is definitely on mobile. Actually, I'm glad we brought up these mobile games because these browser games because we actually uh, at most right. we we can share some fun data with you guys uh, if anyone's curious. We actually do have a revenue share deal with uh, a few of these mobile ga- uh, browser games. So if you sign up for let's say uh, Sparta or Stormfall, Age of War, these these are very similar games to the ones that you know Games publishes. We get fifty percent of the revenue that you spend on the game. You know, if you if you if you don't spend anything, we don't make anything. But you know, if you, if you go to the game from our site. We get a cut, right? So that gives us a cool insight into who's spending money, how much they're spending, right? And we actually sent, uh, for a data sake, we, we, we sent about a, a thousand users, right, over the last like three months to these games. A thousand players signed up from MMOs.com to one of these browser games. Some of them played for 10 minutes, some of them played for hours, some of them for days. And out of that about a thousand users, about 10 players deposited money. I mean, they spent money. These are the, the people that hit the cash shop. And of those 10 people that spent money, Nine of them spent about like fifty bucks each, right? Nine people spent fifty bucks each, so that's like four hundred bucks. They spent fifty dollars each, you know, four fifty. We get half of that. We made two hundred twenty bucks, right? Yeah, not a bad chunk of change, right? But that last guy, that one last guy, we caught a whale. We caught a whale in our fishing with 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 our, you know, with our with our rod. He spent no 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 joking. One guy, he spent five thousand five hundred dollars. It's nuts. That's what we call the whale economy. See, a thousand leads led to ten paying people, and one actual worthy paying guy. He spent five thousand dollars, and of that five thousand, we got two thousand five hundred dollars cut from that. That's our half cut, and one person spent that much money because we can break it down to see who's spending what, and it's remarkable because these games are designed to milk you, and the more you spend, the the stronger you get. These like the most pay to win games. Well, I hope he won. Crazy. Honestly, whatever server. Yeah, or, me too. <laughs> or, I, I'm rooting for him. I whatever he's whatever battle more. he's fighting, you know, I hope he's winning. No, I hope he's losing. If he's losing, he's going to spend more money. Wow. <laughs> we'll make more money off him, right? Nah, I, I, funny, I, I hope um, he wins. I hope he wins. All right, all so right. There was, like uh, there was a report from Newzu, right? Basically, they these game companies, they identify who who's spending the most money, and then they'll create cash shop items just for that person to motivate them to spend more. So like that one guy, if they find out, say he's Swedish, right? They'll make a Swedish flag and put it in the cash shop, and that way, then they hope that he goes and buys the, that flag, and they they just keep doing that by analyzing his data. So it is it's it's all about the one guy. Yep. So out of a thousand. And this actually brings up you know we we did talk about price points earlier, and I do you know there are a lot of people that complain about the free to play model and i do think some games are really bad for it. like i would never play these mobile uh, strategy games or browser strategy games because it's so pay to win and so toxic that you just can't win unless you spend money but i do think that for other mrpgs even like blade and soul people unjustly criticize it a bit too much for the model because you in blade and soul you can technically get you know infinite gold by buying stuff in the cash shop and selling the cash shop currency for in-game gold yes that's there 
these games need to make money one way or another. And I, I would rather one guy spend a crazy amount of money so I can play the game for free. You know, like it's a win for me. You know, if, if people are spending money in the cash shop, it lets me play the game without spending money. I can enjoy the game without spending money because other people but, spend money. Hold on, hold on. I, I actually think I, I can. I think I have played your polis. I've played a lot of these games, right? I think mm-hmm. you can have fun with them without paying. And here's here's the thing: you can't you be the can't. kind of person who has to win. Like, okay. why? When I play Capolis, I don't even care about attacking other people. I just want to, you know, while I'm watching TV or browsing the internet, you know, I want to build a granary, build a farm, you know, watch my little town grow. I don't need to like feel like I'm winning in order to enjoy the game. If that makes sense. That's true. Yeah, if and, you have the mentality that you don't have to win, that's true. And that's the thing about MLGs. A lot of people don't have that mentality. Yeah, I, I, I think it's weird that people who are like super like crazy well, like that, like. The whole point of MMORPGs for me is to play in the world. I don't have to like feel like I'm winning to enjoy a game. Well, that's an interesting thing because Kat and I were just talking about that the other day. And it's, it's kind of funny because if it's only like one or two people that are paying that much money and it's only like one or two people that are that much better than I am, it's like, mm-hmm. why is it that big of a deal? You know, there, there's always someone better than you. Just accept that the two people are better than you and take on everyone else, you know? Yeah, just have fun. Do your own thing. Fight other free players. Fight, you know... But, but it- it's frustrating. So, like, let's say Blade and Souls, for example, right? Okay. Uh, Blade and Soul has a lot of areas that, like, you're fighting for control of, right? Um, I don't know if it's still like that, but it used to have, like, the, the two factions, and then you'd fight over it, right? Mm-hmm. If one guy is... If it's just straight up unfair, like, there's literally nothing you can do. Sure there is. Play the game. I, have I mean, fun. That's... Oh, okay. Sure. Like, no, but, like Risk. Like imagine I a board mean, game Risk, right? I, I mean, you play for eight hours and you lose. You still play the game. You had fun. You don't have to win to... You're ignoring my no, point, though. No, 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 no. Sure, sure. I'll address your point, too. The pay-to-win mechanic in Blade and Soul was, uh, that people argued was that you could, you, could, you could technically have infinite gold, right? Because you could buy cash-up currency. I mean, I, mean I, I made a Blade and Soul example, okay? But I'm not talking about Blade and Soul in general. I'm talking about the concept of a whale outscaling you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The pro- okay. that there is a problem, but the the thing is, most people give games like Blade and Soul unfair slide because yes, there is some mechanic for it, but it's not so overpowering that it's going to frustrate players. I think. I think I players think that get frustrated so in Blade and Soul over this mechanic are b- taking it to the extreme. In the strategy games where you can just pay to win, that's different because you're just completely stopping over players just for being OP. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not. It's I'm balancing not act a little bit. I, I know I said Blade and Soul, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not talking specific. I mean, Blade and Soul. I think does deserve more credit than it's due because okay, okay. in that sense too even if you were super rich in blade and soul like like one v twoing people is incredibly difficult yeah, like, it's not built for that, for that you yeah, know yeah. but but i don't know and you can still outskill people that have you know really good gear it happens in that game more so than yeah. others but one person in our chat even said like uh he agrees with you all 100 percent. he says he plays naruto online because he likes the anime and he's having fun playing it you know he he recognizes that you know people that spend money are just gonna be infinitely stronger than him but he's still having fun so it's, there are yeah. some people out there like, that i think mean, that way imagine it's, it's different though if it's affecting your gameplay it's not but imagine, we all played our ragnarok world of warcraft right any of those games pick one imagine 10 percent of people that you encounter are just they paid money, right? And they just did fifty percent more damage than you, and it's impossible to beat them one on one. Impossible. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't. I, think I just, it will not affect my enjoyment. Point zero 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 one percent. It well, would have no I effect on. I think you are like the. Yeah, I think you're an exception. Complete outlier. Why? Like it would have no, no effect in PVE, would. right? Which was what most of us did in those games. We did PVP, but most of the time we spent PVEing, right? So that part yeah, of the game you, zero you, effect. You won't be able to get a party. Okay, no, let's say you're PVE. 
let's turn this into, into a PVE thing, right? Say it takes you, like, you know, your entire raid and, like, you work together really, really well to take this boss. It's this huge achievement, yeah. right? And then you, you, you pull it off, you know, you know, you're, you're sweating and you finished it and you're like, like, oh, man, what a big achievement. And some guy rolls in and just one-shots the boss because he has, well, he's okay. a will. Well, right? Not, like, no, like no. Are, are you saying that that's going to make you feel satisfied? That, yes. like, what you and achieved? No, no, no. Let me explain it. Not one shot, because no, right, no game right. is that paid to win. Okay. In World of Warcraft, my, my guild did Ragnaros, right? It took us eight hours or more that one day, right? We were sweating. We were dying. And I remember at the same time, my brother joined a pickup group by the top, like, 20 people on the server. They only needed 20. The other 20, they were doing charity. They picked 20 people, right? And they ran half an hour or something. They ran through it. That did not diminish my accomplishment at all. Now, whether they pay, now they, they were just better than me, right? They had better gear. They were better players. Those 20 people. No, but whether but they no, pay no, no, for no, that, that's, that's it doesn't matter to me. Skill. What? Okay, that's that. Wait, what's the difference between skill? He, the guy, the guy has no job. He worked, he plays twenty hours a day for two years. That's skill, and, and, and I play two hours a day. Like, what's the difference between paying and playing? You didn't play hours two a day? hours a day. You played eight hours a day. Let's be. I real. did, but my point is, <laughs> at some point, other people, okay, whether it's skill or money, they're playing well, their own game. You can respect the fact that they did it on their own in the game without shortcut paying. No, I don't. I don't I, respect it. I, that I, not, I don't I disrespect not, it. I don't disrespect it. It's not relevant to me. That's what I'm saying. 99% of people, 99.9% of people will see that if one guy is paid to winning and he can just, you know, no, no, talking, don't, five man that no boss. Game is that, bro, no game is that, no game, no no, no MRPG will pay to win. Like, Blade and Soul, no game is that intense where one guy can do something 40 guys can. No, you're can. right. Yeah, I know. Also, we're not talking about 99% of people. We're talking about our opinions. Yes. Yeah. We, we, need to, we need to stop throwing in the 99.9% .9 of people think this, so therefore so your argument is Blade and Soul, for example, you said even if someone pays, you can't 2v1 two decent players, right? Yes. So what's the big deal? Who cares? Like, let him play his game. You just play your game. Isn't it funny? Here's the problem, Alta. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The, the, when you said let him play your game, right? No, All of a sudden, Alta, you, no, listen. You're in a dungeon, right? Yeah. You 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 just you you were a two-hour dungeon run. You defeat the final boss. It draws a great piece of gear, right, Altai? Yeah. The way it works, the game in order for you to have a chance of winning that gear, you have to outbid this guy now. So you bid gold in game currency. Okay. You have, you know, you, you're a pretty good player. You have, like, say, a like, thousand gold, something, five hundred gold, something crazy, like a lot of gold, right? Yeah, he wins and every he, time. He's got ten thousand gold because he he, pay, he pays for the gold. He will outbid you every single time. And now you, just, you can't get gear now. That was the, that was the complaint. I, I, okay. That, no, you, okay. First off, it's not that you can't get gear. You can't get gear when you party with that one guy. Yeah. You just don't party with that one guy anymore. But, no, you, you, you don't know who. You don't know. You don't know who has the gold. The amount of games that support the bidding thing are so small right now. It's, yes, it's such an isolated incident. But my argument that it wasn't a problem. I, I think it's not a problem because the because you do when you bid for that item, everybody else gets gold too. So if the, if the guy outbids everyone else, yeah, you get a piece of that that's gold. That's a good for next point. Time. You can just believe that guy. Yeah, next time you can win. You know, you yeah. have a better shot of winning it next time. But that's the argument that's saying it, it, it does affect your gameplay. Bad in that thing. Yeah, you can believe that guy. I mean, yeah. let's say let's say it, the, the goal just got sunk, right? If the goal just got sunk, it wouldn't feel as good, right? It it, it yeah. it's about making it feel rewarding. So so in that case, even though that guy is a whale, it's benefiting everyone else, right? But yeah. in, in in the cases that that are being brought up, it's it's a whale that just straight up stomps you, and there's no recourse. Right, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, because it's it's not even the player is getting the money that he's spending. Because in this case, if he's pay to winning in some game, but you usually I'll tell you, most games don't bring pay to win to that extreme where you can't. No one guy yeah, has exactly. one shot. And, and, so that is that's his argument. And here's another point: very few of us, I think, here are world firsters, right? Like outside that group, what are you complaining about? Like, imagine like the in, in the in WoW rating, right? Imagine twenty guys bought accounts, the top tier gear accounts, right? 
and then and they right. beat a boss before your guild did. Who cares? Like that's that doesn't diminish my accomplishment. With if I know if 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 these are the tools I have and I accomplish this, I accomplished it with these tools. That's my accomplishment. That's my achievement. Now, if somebody else okay. accomplished it with better tools, I don't view that as the same accomplishment. It's it's an it's an accomplishment, but I don't compare the two. Like if some guy paid a thousand dollars to beat a boss, I, I know he paid a thousand dollars, right? So I don't weigh that as the same as me beating it for free. Like it doesn't bother me. That's true. That's true. I also want to bring up that um, Erhan is right, or he he aligns with my thoughts on the whole thing. With like, it doesn't matter if they spent two years doing it or buying their way to it. It's at the end of the day, like okay, say I played a lot of Black Desert. So if somebody played for two years, right, and they have their plus 20 gear and they have their yeah. levels and every time the soft cap rises they go spend their like week grinding they get their gear up to max level and then they go back to like the starter zone way back in oh fuck i can't remember what it's called but you know you know back in that little graveyard where you have to go for the um marks of shadow or no that's the I, whatever you, but they go all the way back there and they just grief newer players right all the time and except for when they're grinding up to the new max levels and everything. So that is no different to me than a guy that spent $1,000 on it and comes back and greets new players. At the end of the day, I'm still getting stomped by somebody that spent more time or money on it. It's the exact same result. And I don't respect those people at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how much time they've put into it. They're being assholes and coming back and stomping new players because they don't want to have the challenge. They just want to have the beating the shit out of somebody that can't it's defend the themselves. Same thing. They, but they did it on equal it footing is the in the same game. Thing. It's not equal no. It's not equal footing. It is the same thing. It is equal footing. You, you both no. had the same opportunity in the game to grind like crazy. And he chose to do it. Oh, well, what about this? What about this? Ready? Imagine we got to grind for 10,000 hours to get good at a game, right? Then fight. And we're going okay. to duel. You spend the 10,000 hours grinding. I go work at McDonald's, right? Make $1,000. Go buy an account, right? Then I beat guys, you. What's the difference? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me say something, okay? That is the same. Right. It's so, the same. so one thing that I find really um, enchanting about MMOs is the fact that when I step into an MMO, I feel this sense of like... Fairness. Equality. Uh, boom. Yeah, in, in a world where I can be whatever I want and other people can be whatever they want. And it's like, you know, how what they are or what they do in real life doesn't affect the game, right? And I feel like just giving people unfair advantages based on their in-real-life advantages, I feel really removes that feeling from the game. Oh, then you agree with me, that means. You know why? If somebody why? has the means to not work and he plays 12 hours a day, in real life, I don't have that choice. I can't play a game. Imagine, I can't play a game for 12 hours a day. I have to work, feed a family, put my kids to sleep, and I get to play for one hour a night. Right? How is that fair? That's not fair at all. But the I'm, point is, players... That, that is a good point. That is a very you good point. You just said you want an equal world where everyone has a chance in the world. That's not, no. the, that's not that, 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 that's the case, though. You, that's but a fantasy. Perception, no, that, that, that is in the game. However much time you spent is how much you get rewarded in the game. What? Okay, that's... that's a, and, and any other means of okay, going I, ahead I, I, without I have no putting the time I have no, is perceived as unfair. And I think it's unfair as well. And most players seem to think it's unfair as well. I don't think so. I think I, I'm reading the chat uh, briefly, you know, between talking. Most people seem to agree that, you know, you just play your own game, have fun. There's always someone better than you. Just deal with it. That, that's like the gist I'm getting. Maybe you can put it to a poll later, but. I think you put it to a poll. If, if you just pay for the end game year. But remember, nobody's saying you pay to one shot Ragnaros, okay? All right, that's true. That's true. Okay. Fine. Let's say Altai. 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 Let's say Blizzard. Let, would you be okay if, do you think, be, you know, players would not be frustrated if Blizzard sold. Uh, level 110 character with the best gear, top of the line, everything, top 
maxed out car, maxed out faction stuff, maxed out crafting, maxed out level, maxed out highest end gear. Everything is for sale for hundred dollars now. So, all of a sudden. So what, in the in the should... end, in the end, the gaming companies need to make money, and it's something we understand. Hold but up. it's an issue of scale and perception. Hold yeah, up, hold up, hold perception up. is key. Hold needs up. to be addressed. Okay, you okay with it? Are you, right, I'll there, no uh, to you. Uh, let me answer your question. Ready? Okay. Eve Online, you can literally sell your character. Okay, in 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 like an in-game auction house, right? And someone can buy your character, right? And guess what? Sure. It's considered a very fair, balanced game. So that's not the problem. But the point is not you selling your character. It's Blizzard minting and creating a character and selling it to you. One hundred dollars. At some point, what's the difference? Now that kind of Altai, Altai, answer the question. What? Is it fair? Fair? Is is it fair? Yes. Now, is it a good system? I don't think so because yeah. like it just feels like uh, it, it, yeah, it's better. It's better if the, it's rotating within the community, right? So the way E does it. But the point is when you can pay for power from the company. Without earning it yourself, but, you, I can argue that. Listen, I can't get to a level one hundred ten. I have to put my but, kids to school. What, what, I gotta do, but, do okay, this. If I buy it, an hour a day, why can't I buy this? You grind to one hundred, and I buy your character. That's different. I think it's okay. Think that's not different, though. That is different because somebody put in the time, and you're you're just taking yeah, it from some, them. Somebody Blizzard clicked the button, generate character. That, click, that's not the same the now. <laughs> they, they didn't go through the same uh, loops that the other guy had to do to do it. There, there is people would perceive buying a character from somebody else as more fair than if this Blizzard is, is selling infinite max level accounts. Uh, okay, for, Blizzard like, should maximize their revenue, and I don't think that way you said it would maximize it. It's I better, agree. I agree. Okay. But you seem to think it's okay. Yeah. But I'll tell you, why do you care? Go play your own game. Exactly. I don't. I don't have. I don't really have a problem with it. I think that's I think why he said Blizzard should maximize their revenue yeah. because so, he's oh, detached. Okay, Matt, Matt, he's Matt, detached Matt, from okay. the okay. argument. I'll tell you, you have no problem with it. Matt, do you have a problem with it? But you're selling max level characters. You're creating characters? a weird no. scenario, Mark. Right, 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 hold on, hold on. Not, not max level whatever. characters. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Matt, not max level characters. Max level characters with the best possible gear in the game. Maxed out rep, everything. Literally everything maxed out. Okay, let me, I'm going to put this the same way I, I put it every single time. If someone else wants to skip literally the entire game, then that's their prerogative. Okay, fine. You're, you're cool with it, too. Yeah. I'm not cool with it, and I, I would be offended by it. Hardcore offended. Sure, how do you feel about it? And Gummy, how do you feel about it? Would you, be, would you think it oh, won't bother you or will it bother you? It depends on um, if there's a requirement for it. Like, if I already previously had a level 100 character and then I want to buy, like, a level 100 no. mage or something. No, then... no, 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 no. Shush, you're missing okay. the point. You're buying a character that has literally everything. Every single epic, the best possible gear, the best everything in the game. Oh, yeah, hardcore hardcore problem with that. Good. Hardcore problem. You're okay, creating an absurd example. But, yes, I am taking it to the extreme to see, you know, philosophically no, see what? where you stand. Okay, fine. I, I, I told it. They should maximize their profit. There will always be some people stronger than me. I want to enjoy the game my way. So, so your 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 thing is fine. You're not offended by it. Okay. I'm offended by it. Like I said, I, I'm not offended by this because they're skipping literally the entire game. They are. Yes. They're, they're, they're not playing the same game as me. Problem with that? They're just burning exactly. their money. Exactly. Okay. So you you two are okay with it? Yeah. Gumby, how do you feel about it? I actually want to ask you a question that builds off this first. Okay. Would you be just as offended if somebody went and bought a max level character on the black market? Or is it more offensive to buy that max level character from Blizzard? It's more offensive to buy it from Blizzard. Because at least when you buy it from another player, they put in the time. Somebody put in the time to get there. You know, There's only one of it. You know? How do you know? What if that, they're a hacker? That seems so that, arbitrary. Where are the botters? They're, they're right. botters. They're all botters. Offended. 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 It's like how Blizzard people... is sanctioning it then if they're doing it. If it's a botter, you don't know. It's a question mark. That is so arbitrary, though. It is I don't think it's arbitrary. Yeah, I, think I think I'm so more confused. I'm more confused. No. no. No, you're pointing to something that I think a lot of people feel passionate about. Maybe not in this context. The idea of purity, right? It does. It feels cheap. I yeah. get it. It does feel cheap. Omar's, I mean, off the impulse and emotion. In your, in your insane abstract example that would never happen, or the game yes. would be successful. 
<clears throat> no, it feels cheap, but is it acceptable? I guess, yeah, but it just I never it would happen. It would cheapen right? the experience for sure, everyone you else can, that doesn't you pay. Can, I don't know if I it wouldn't play that game. Uh, I wouldn't either. Just for the, because that option exists, but, I would never touch that. Like I don't think that's that cheapens. We agree with you on that, Amar. That's why Blizzard wouldn't do that. that's, yes, that's fine. Okay, okay so. but here's the thing: I don't think it cheapens the experience yeah. for people who don't pay. I think it cheapens the experience for people who do pay because they're cutting out literally all the content. Oh, that's a okay. perceptual judgment. All right, well, See, most... on, you just muddied the waters with nonsense. Okay, that's a problem. That's what you did. No. Here's my point, Amar. Ready? All those characters that are being bought, right? from player sites like for a while and stuff they're all being bought it there's no there's no investment of time that's only in your mind because you're just you know incapable of seeing around that for some no. reason yes no when no, I no, buy, no when i buy no, a level no, 110 no, character no, in wow today the, right that character got their body character who has max level heroic gear from the latest dungeon you don't do it it's impossible sure you can you a max level garbage character that's it that's all no, you no, get no, no. Omar, Omar, you tell me when we when we did wow right that that guild okay. the inquisition guys they could have sli- had someone slash file and geared him up in, in the, the minimum amount of time Whatever that it's is. Still it's still time, but it's a minimum amount of time. Sure, but still a lot of time. Okay, and they can sell it. It's a lot of time, it's though. It's spotted, though. There's, no, there's nothing going on. There's, there's there's also a big difference between it being from a market or being sanctioned by the developer. Company, yeah. It's yes, different. Because that, that muddies the water. You know, that, that's a perception issue. Okay, but but here's the thing. Power when, you buy gold, when you buy gold from... Or when, uh, when somebody buys gold from a third party... Literally, the only thing that's happening is that you're not supporting the game that you supposedly like so much. That that is literally the only difference. Yeah. Okay. You all in, the in the money end of the day, in all these hmm? games, all the money you buy from third parties is bought. Oh yes, the no, money you buy. Not, yes. It's not all bought. It. There are some what, people that okay. paid shit pay yeah. to sit in front of a computer all day <laughs> no, no, and gold for. They, mo- they monitor the bots. They don't actually play like in China and stuff. They monitor the bots. They don't actually grind. For, for, forget the bot thing. You, you 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 pretend the bot thing doesn't exist. Forget the bot thing. Just let, we're focusing on the company themselves selling power. This perception issue is is unfit. Well, you could say you can always say play your own game, right? You can always mm-hmm. say that. I don't want to play my own game in a world where somebody can just pay to get ahead ridiculously, you know? There is a there is a fine line you have to walk over there. You could always say mind your own game, but I'm just not going to play a game that, you know, you could just pay to Did you play Did you play Counter-Strike 1.6? I played Counter-Strike 1.6. Did you, did you feel like competitive you're getting better and like guess what? There were hackers left, right and center, but you still played it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, what? sure. They they were they, the power was unfair. I want to play if Valve was selling hacks for their game, like sanctioned hacks and my, everyone could just they, they actually, That's another you, true, you would just play on a LAN server. No. Would you still play LAN with your friends? If even if Valve was selling hacks online. I, I would never even got into the game if I knew that was like, that was a thing. Yes, never you, would I even No, I wouldn't. Let's say you if played CS it on a LAN and you liked it. Wait, wait, no. Who cares about the online next no, Who plays I play CS today to play online with friends. I don't play or ranked with people. I don't play LAN anymore. You know. So no. Oh, you can play right, I gotta go. Sorry. Right, I, I sorry, go. we're going we're going over time, guys. It's sorry, a good time. Overtime. Let's go to overtime. Anyway. Alright guys, thanks for watching. Uh, if you if this was engaging and you want to see it live and more of it next time, watch us live engaging. on Tuesdays. Engaging <laughs> I like how Gumby said that. Alright, you gotta go. Sir, leave us a comment. <laughs> Alright. Bye. Say your farewells. Alright, later guys. Later, YouTube.